Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This week in league, young Penrith nerd Shunter86 out for the season with a grade 1000 ankle syndesmosis. Cronulla Sharks drug tested by a new sponsor and test positive for wooden spoons. The Melbourne Storm Fun Police kill off the finest team nickname of all time. And we preview all of the action for round 19 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 163 of This Week in League, I'm mate. And I'm a shattered man, Nathan. What on earth could have shattered you? Oh, well, Friday talk- night, for starters. Monday night, again. Yeah, Monday night, maybe. I've got a shattered heart. It's <laughs> shattered like Michael Gregson's ankle. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to get into that. That's actually going to happen in the news section, and we're going to detail uh, a fucking terrible situation, though, and uh, obviously... Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. But, but mainly I'm shattered over Friday night. What a shocking fucking circumstance. What a shocking thing to happen. But yeah, look, we, we could start... Gregson will get a new ankle. I won't get a new fucking heart. No. Or a new team. No. I can't. It's against the rules. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll just launch into the feedback. And uh, it's going to be a bit of a feedback heavy, uh, mailbag heavy thing this week, you know, given what happened in the events of Monday night. But uh, firstly, on other topics... Ben said in a tweet today and said, is this week in league footy Tinder for you too? Now, obviously, what he's alluding to is the fact that you just pick up so many followers and friends and that online, you know, Twitter Twitter followers and stuff. I think he's alluding to the amount of bitches that he's just fucking that he's nailing. slayed. He's just slain. As a result. He's slain the poonchang. Of listening to... <laughs> it's appalling. Shout out, shout out, to, shout out to Jess, his girlfriend. <laughs> Lovely girl. Lovely girl. For, you know, not oh, just... we've got some we've got some fans that are punching well above their weight, and uh, I mean, she obviously goes for wealth and intelligence because she doesn't go for fucking looks. That's for sure. She doesn't go for sobriety either. No, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely not. But yeah, well, uh... it is dry July. He's a uh, he's he has toned the gronkiness down because he's not drunk. No, at all, which is fantastic. Um. But yeah, it is. It is a. It's one of the best things. It's probably the best thing, actually. I think about the show is the fact the interaction like, between yeah, us and, and, and everyone and, and then everyone, everyone each other. Each other and, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, it's just it's nonstop, like all day, every day. You know what else is nonstop? Your fucking phone. Hey, fucking popular. What can I say? No, you fucking, fucking not. Messaging the shit out of me. Hey, it's fucking. Look at that. That's a full screen. Twelve different people saying a full screen full of shit. <laughs> People do not say that about me at all. Oh, I say it every day. Yeah, well, you do, yeah. And then your wife has a fucking nerve to t- tell me on Facebook that I like saying cunt. Hang on a minute. The cunt you're fucking married is pretty fucking good at it too. He says it like a cunt. <laughs> now, uh, we got a fucking blast from the past. Blast from the past this week. This week in League Clock. <laughs> Dole's starting to run out. Any chance of re-employment, boys? 
Should we bring him back? <laughs> should we, we should. I mean, there's some people there's, there's carried some people. on about the fucking clock. There's, there's some people that only started this year that would probably be like, you know, what the fuck is the clock? Yeah. Because when? Well, I mean, we kind of petered out about halfway through last year, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, R-pop. Shh. Shh. Wank of essence. Counting the membership shirts left equals quality podcasting. <laughs> it had to be fucking done. Shut up. Like, what the... <laughs> So this is the thing. We have, apparently we're supposed to run this real tight professional ship here, and with you know we've got the fucking set like sports center. Yeah. And we're, <laughs> what the fuck up, man? We fucking rush here at a million miles an hour from our actual day jobs. <laughs> scribble some notes down for your entertainment. Then we have to count some shirts because we don't know how the fuck many we sent out, <laughs> yeah. and you want to carry on like a fuckhead. <laughs> Um, In summary, it, shut up. I think it was a, it was a, was it the cover of the Fat Boy Slim album with that big fat dude with a t-shirt on there that says like I'm number one, watch right yeah. hard or something yeah. like that. That's what I think is a what, what we number one, watch right hard. Because <laughs> let's face it, no one's nipping at our heels. The rest of you guys are fucked. Mister underscore Wars. We'll be keen to hear what myself Nathan Gills has to say on this week in league this week about all the seagulls drama. Hash not trolling. Hash genuinely interested. Wait till the news section. I mean, there's only so much I could say and, and, and attribute, but uh, yeah, it's all nonsense, needless to say. Apparently. <clears throat> Allegedly. Well, you know that, you know, we know who we know, who we know yep. and so, you know, it's pretty... You pretty, know. You know him. Pretty reliable. I fucking wish I'd never laid eyes on the bloke. <laughs> he's possibly one of the most despicable fucking humans I've ever encountered in my life. That's so harsh. Andy underscore Siegs. Who I must say is a is recent, this week in Seeks. Re, recent contributor to the show, but fucking he's he's in there, he's jumped in completely. I love it. Um, it's, he's a manly fan, right? Well, I mean, yeah, underscore Seeks, I believe it's um, you know, for the Eagles, yeah. Is it? Yeah, pretty oh, sure. I thought it was his fucking name. <laughs> okay. It's just yeah, he was named that way, and he thought, well, fucking hell, I need to start supporting his new sport called rugby league. Let's uh. see which team is closest to my surname. Oh, look at that! There's one exactly the fucking same almost. Um, he said. My soccer team. I mean, no one would do that. He's, he's not. He's not bagging us. So let's just fucking chill. You'd support the curl curl cunts. My soccer team has say forty people involved. Only one name repeats in the club. Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking scourge on humanity. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. Like, where did they all come from? I don't know. There's a kid in killers. Class. This is across. This is across generations. There's a kid in killers class in prep. Yeah, Mitch. There's a kid that he played. Jackson played soccer with Mitch last year. He's yeah. um, one of the ki- other kids in the under, the other under seven squad. There's a Mitch there. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm yet to meet one I like. <laughs> Bernard JKD said, uh, "Re F post. I'm in Ireland, not England, actually. Well, yeah, fucking potato, potato." <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's like, those guys hate me. How do I get them to like me less? Oh, he's like, potato, p- potato, p- potato, p- potato, potato, potato. We call them chip and pin devices. Don't have a fancy acronym for them. Right. Well, fucking more the, more the shame for you then. <laughs> exactly. And, and your countrymen for the general lack of imagination. M51 Avoider. How's the alternate Blakely prediction shaping up at this point of the season? Now, for people that are new to the show, when you wish the show at the start of the year, we do our uh, our preview for the season, and we sort of go through teams from 16 to 1, the way they finished the season before, and you know make incredibly accurate predictions about how they're going to finish up uh, at the end of the 2014 season. This season, you had an alternate list transcribed by your wife, but collaborated on between your wife and your son, right? Mm. 
And still haven't forgiven them. The Tigers were like placed. They were they last or they were down? No, they were down, 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 down the pecking a little bit. But it, it, you know there were some there were some places where they were exactly the same as what I said and, yeah. and or similar. But uh, very very much at odds with what you said. So Dave's come back and said, "Yeah." So how are those predictions shaping up? Um, I've got no idea, Dave. I um I tend to forget things like the jersey I was supposed to buy you a year ago. Um, and. I would have to listen back to that episode and see how, uh, and you know, I always wait till the end of the season. I never remember what the fuck I pick. Maybe you could get him an Iron Man jersey. How about that? If he wants one, I'm sure I could come up with it. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that, do you still have that list so we can get, look back on it at the end of the year? I mean, we've, we're going to probably talk about it on. We probably spoke about it on that show in terms of what they had each time, so we'll be able to recompile yeah. it sort of from that. But I would say yep. that that list. Went along with my show notes for that night. In the bin. In the bin. So I probably would have sat in my in my waste paper basket for about Jeez. a month and a half. Yeah. But, you know, that it's was... probably still in there. Two months ago. <laughs> okay, uh, the man of the hour, Shunter86. Hate to rub salt into the wound, but Jack Cogger made the Australian schoolboy side. Hash golden spawn. Mm. I believe a younger brother of uh, Curtis Sirenen also made it into said side. Yeah, what was his... I can't remember that young bloke's name. He had a weird um, first name. You know, Paul when you was tweet on drugs shit, when he had him. When you, well, <laughs> <laughs> when you tweet shit and you you know you want to slam people yeah. about players that should have signed with the Tigers and, and stayed with their Western Suburbs her- heritage and in the true essence of Golden Nuts himself, um, when you say shit like that and make me feel bad, it leaves me no other option to but to pull out my voodoo ninja doll. voodoo doll. <laughs> And uh, it's a pl- well, it's inflatable. And let's just say, jam some needles into the I stuck, leg. I stuck a pin into his ankle, and may may have been a pin, might have been my penis. I'm not sure. Eesh. Chapo, the creator. In disappointing news, Danny Tequila didn't make the big league cheerleader of the year finals because of the Panthers fans. Anyone who why did, because of the Panthers fans because they didn't get behind her. And like, who wouldn't want to... <laughs> <laughs> That's a poor choice of words. Oh. I'm sure there were plenty behind her. What were we talking about again? <laughs> oh. Oh. My um, wife, I love, I love her so much. I just I love, love her that so... Chapo is the guy that points it out. <laughs> I love her so much. That guy, um, he's the worst fucking troll, though. When, I'm, when a game's on, for example, say Friday night, when I'm over on Seagulls Live and I'm just basically looking at the mentions for that account and just tweeting off stuff as it happens, not paying attention to the general timeline and certainly not paying attention to my, my main account or this week in league one, unless I see something come in and I'll have a peek. You can go look back afterwards and Chapo's just, just sub-tweeting, just, like, just throwing shit out there trying to bait trying to bait Manly fans. You just, you just, you just keep talking utter shit about Manly. You don't yeah. see it because he's not addressing it to you, so I never see it until afterwards. And I just look back and go, yeah, go on, you fucking idiot. He is a troll. Yeah, he's he like, the trolliest troll. He's, but troll. He's, he's like the he's like the McDonald's of trolls because he's like there's like all this quantity. He's just throwing the quantity out there. Yeah, and it's just fucking low, low, low quality. Well, everything he does is he, he lives a low quality life. He's got a low quality head, and he's a low quality troll. Everything about him is low quality. Yeah, you, 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 your trolls like you know like fucking yeah you know, like the Gordon Ramsay trolls like myself. Just fucking like fine dining trolls. It's like, it's not out there in mass amounts, but everything there is just like a fucking Heston Blumenthal, Heston Blumenthal fucking masterpiece. What do you mean it's not out there in massive amounts? Everything you do every day is trolling. Every day. 
Yeah, yeah, but I every mean, single not, day. But there's not a massive amount of it going out there. You do it every day. Although, That's a massive amount. And I, I tell you, I threw out a. Di- I mean, if, if I'm going to be the fucking Heston Blumenthal of trolls, I tell you, on my Seagulls Live account on Friday night, that was a fucking degustation for the ages, man. Like, <laughs> motherfuckers ate well. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know because I don't follow that piece of shit account. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you do. <laughs> Because you were trying to fucking throw out some sub tweets about it. <laughs> but once again, I didn't see him to like well after the fact though. When I, and honestly, I just thought, well, Glenn's been really fucking reasonable. I'm <laughs> let a reasonable me go, person. Let me go back. To, oh no, he's not reasonable. He just <laughs> he just hasn't fucking included me on any, any of the fucking shit talk. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Jr underscore Buff. Back to the point. Chapo shit. And Penrith fans are as shit, if not shitter, for not getting Dan Tequila through to the finals that, because she should fucking win thinking? in an absolute canter. Honestly, absolute daylight between her and everyone else you know, like, with a pom-pom in the world. Th- I, I don't understand. I know that your priorities are getting into the car park at Panthers and pulling bongs before you slip into the pokies. Not proper bongs, though. Like, they get the fucking empty UDL and fucking push it down and then, you know... Orchie bottle. And then, and, well, Orchie no, bottle no, no, and a garden hose. No, the Orchie bottle requires a garden hose. They go the fucking... I'm talking a level down from that wow. where, you, where you get the empty can... And just fucking push it, push in the side a little bit, to, so that so it's a divot that'll hold the fucking weed. Then they just basically poke some holes in it with a, a nail or like you, you know your girlfriend's earring, poke a dozen holes in it, put the weed on top of it, light it up straight through. No water, it fucking goes down harsh. But I mean, if you need a, if you need a fucking bong in a hurry, <laughs> don't tell me you haven't done that, Glenn. Well, if they're doing that. They should have more time to vote for Danny Tequila. <laughs> yeah, they should be because they don't have to go and find their fucking neighbour's garden hose and cut six inches off it. <laughs> Mavis, I used to be able to reach the petunias. <laughs> I appear to be reaching less and less in my old age. <laughs> uh, what a travesty that she didn't win. This week in drug paraphernalia. JR underscore buff. Great fucking ep of this week in league. Hash 162. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Cal- See, that's the sort of stuff we like. Oh, just all 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 day. Just just see the stuff like that that we fucking that we all you know that you love the show. We love hearing that. Cattle dog blue. Can you do a nun this in a row? Fucking troll too. He's a bit. Can you do a nun in a row shirt for those Queensland whinging muppets? No. Because right. The one in a row is a fucking sarcastic joke against Queensland. It's fucking blah blah in a row. It's not actually being like literal. Yeah, like there's not going to be a two in a row. Yeah, there's not going to be two in a row. It's just piss taking Queenslanders in a row bullshit they carried on with. Um, none in a row. I mean, would I guess it would kind of fit that theme, but you know, let it go. Mister underscore Wars again, just knocked off another episode of this week in league in Poland and Sweden, holding off on episode one sixty two for Greece. Hash Wanderlust with Nate and Glenn. He'd go well in Greece, wouldn't he? He'd go He's well got in... a hairy back and he likes it in the ass. I was just going to say that episode 162 is a fortuitous one to listen to in Greece too because it was all about me saying how the West Tigers were going to get analed. And boom. This week in Greece. What, what? In the butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, TBI Penguin. Billy sent us a picture in his Tigers in Decline shirt had to lose 30 kilos to fit into this beauty, so I just did it. Hashtags in decline. What a fucking top effort, Sunshine. What a fucking very attractive man he's become. 30 kilos. Except that's for the fucking, shirt. 30 kilos is fucking... What an incredible effort. Good job, man. Seriously. I'm so proud. If you weren't wearing that shirt... You'd be so proud of I'd him. I'd be a lot more proud. <laughs> Beer Boy 182. Did you see this one? How about Paul Gallen wanting a piece of Kimbo Slice? Top fight. Should be MMA and Gal can sit on him like Big Country did. <laughs> So you didn't see that season of the Ultimate Fighter where um 
with with Big Country and Kimbo and nah. not many other people made it through that are still around this day. Brendan Shorb, he made it to the final. Um, yeah. Gallon does not want any piece of Kimbo's slice. Kimbo's not good. I mean, let's face it, he's, he failed a, a career, a boxing career where the fights, you know, in many cases were definitely fixed. They certainly appeared to be fixed the way they, the way they played out. Um, but he can hit. If it was MMA and he can street fight sort of thing and he, and he can fucking hit like a truck and Gallon got sat on his ass by, you know, a fucking guy he was meant, you know, to destroy. He won that, he won his fight but he got knocked down in the first round by, you know, some fucking jobber. Yeah. So... I'm not going to say that Gal's got the fucking greatest chin in the world. I don't. I don't. I don't know if he does. If it was MMA, Gal all day. He would shoot for the takedown. Kimbo's got no ground skills, and and Gallon. I think he's a purple belt by now down there at TP Gym in Sydney. He would. He would fucking take him down and submit him, no problem. But on the feet in a boxing match, yeah, don't know. I think Kimbo would fucking knock him out. To be honest, he'd have him. Gal would have him in stamina. And yeah, yeah. Gal's no slouch when it comes to um. Going knuckle power. Yeah, that's for sure. But um, why would he? Why would he want to? You know, yeah. Fucking, then he'd put him put himself out for. He's sort of 12, saying, twelve weeks and then come back for Origin. Yeah, it, I also I don't have the story in front of me, but I, I vaguely remember him saying like he wants that fight and two more before next season. Right. So it's like he really wants to kick on. You know, yeah, you know, add things to his boxing record. Just relax, relax, gal. Let's fucking enjoy the shield sunshine. Super Grover 4 said, uh, listening to This Week in League episode 162, sad little men making me laugh. I don't know what we did to take the jam out of his fucking donut last week. Fucked one over. You're the one sitting there listening to us for two hours and I couldn't <laughs> give two fucks about what you say at any point of any day of my life. So, we win. No. Dave's good though. Dave's, no, don't ever start a sentence with Dave's good though. Remember, Dave is remember, not good. Dave is a goose. Do you remember the origins, the origins of Dave? Wasn't even a listener to the show. Met us uh, through other people that he knew from Twitter when, yeah. when we were down at the 2011 Grand Final. When yeah. we when we, we rocked to up, hump my leg. When we rocked up to ANZ, absolutely spastic. Yeah. Well, I was I was I was straight as a die, mate. I you've got that story that whole day. How that now plays out in your head in your memory is so far removed from the reality. It's, you, it's just you sad. were you were fucking blind. Well, I have seriously concerns. You were blind. For your health. You were you were you were you were fucking so blind. You are the Liam Fulton of this week in league. <laughs> I remember it perfectly because I mean it was a wonderful day. Manly obviously winning the premiership. You were so drunk that you thought fucking Red Mitchell was Keith Galloway. <laughs> like legitimately. I'm not the only fucking person that made that mistake. Yeah, me too. But still. <laughs> and as it would turn out, when I get a little bit intoxicated, as I've had pointed out by some of my best mates. Fuck, you get loud when you're drunk. Oh, do you what? And so, <laughs> I was two bays away from Big Red. And I was like, Keefe. is that fucking Keith Galloway? <laughs> and you could just see his head dropped and he's like, uh, oh, these fuckheads. And he's just going like, oh, I fucking got to hear me these drunken cunts. <laughs> like, as if it's not bad enough, I've got to sit here and drink piss with Josh Hansen. Yeah. Now these fuckheads think I'm Keith Galloway. Just end it now. Yeah. Uh, and now finally a serious one. JR underscore Buff said, uh, serious question. Where does Bennett's legacy sit now after his time at the Knights and his comments he couldn't get the players to gel? I'm prepared to give Bennett the benefit of the doubt. I think his method of dragging a certain core group of players around with him uh, probably 
wasn't really going to work at Newcastle. I think there's a lot of a lot of miles on the legs of Jeremy Smith and Bo Scott. Yeah. Um, and and Darius Boyd to come into you know when you had such dominant uh, such a dominant half in in Jared Mullen and you had Gidley there as well. It's you know Darius Boyd coming in and trying to you know be that focal point of the attack didn't didn't hasn't really worked as well at the Knights as it did as at St George. So I, I, I don't know. I think Bennett to, has always been blessed with fairly talented rosters, um, and, and he's probably had the the reputation to attract a certain type of player that he thinks is going to fill a certain role within each team that he's coached. And like I said, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's probably the best man manager as far as coaches go that the NRL's ever seen. And he he has gotten, you know, for, for all the, the guys that follow him along um, and, the, and the squads that he, he's built around those sort of core people, you only have to look at his Broncos days and, you know, guys that, still now, still revere him to this very day. So um, that he coached for their, their entire careers and when they were young kids coming up through the grades um, and he and he went on to make them assist in uh, in their development into superstars. So uh, interesting if he goes back to Brisbane or, or the Dragons, you know, the Dragons are a vastly different team to what he left behind as are Brisbane. So... Um, if he does a similar job at either of those clubs or wherever he coaches next, as as he's done at Newcastle, then you know you'd probably be entitled to ask a few questions. In my opinion, just reminded me. I'm um, just talking about um, oh mate, Fluffy. Before, did you happen to see the um, <laughs> Choppy did a tweet, you know, defending Fluffy, saying like he's a quiet, he? he's a quiet guy, and you know, blah blah, you know, fucking shut up, basically to to the haters kind of thing, mm. and. Um, <laughs> And he said, well, what he said, his exact tweet was, Darius Boyd, Queensland, FOG, has scored the 15 origin tries. 15, well done, you Queensland legend. How many have you scored? Hash, Queenslander. And so, Aussie11198, he's tweeted this show many times. Uh, also, uh, this week in MMA. He's replied to him, he said, any player can catch and fall over the line. Steve Michaels would have scored as many. Okay? And, um... And, uh... Where are we? Let's go to the next tweet. I actually, I took screenshots of these because I thought it would be, uh, you know, and um, and he said, you know, and 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 Troppy said something like, you know, how many, you know, how many have you scored or whatever that sort of thing. And he's like, and and he and he goes, oh, you know, I've got eyes. And he goes, he goes, I thought it must have been, you know, I thought it must have been because you've been there in the tough stuff, you know, falling over the line. He replies to Troppy, and you have. <laughs> and and he said, Troppy replies, says, you know, when you were still swinging around in your dad's ball bag, old mate. <laughs> And then, and then, and then, Aussie one 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 eight replies to that and said, "You sound like you've been falling over a line of cocaine, mate." And so, at that point, oh. I've done a tweet out there and just said, "I honestly don't think that at Aussie one 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 nine eight knows who he's tweeting, who he's actually tweeting." Yeah. To. And he's gone, "Fuck! Have I made a goose of myself? Who is it?" And I'm going, it's like fucking Queensland legend, choppy close man of the match in the first two Origin games. Fucking <laughs> he's just like on. oh, I'm just going to have to use my young age as a fucking excuse. Fuck, oh, God. You goose. Um, <laughs> I, I respect Choppy's um, 
right to, to defend Darius Boyd, and he probably has had a lot more to do with him. Oh, you know him far better. I mean, because Choppy was always in and around and still origin is. camps and stuff, yeah. No question. Um, so, you know, he's got every right to, to defend the bloke, but... <sighs> Because he knows. And I'm, because not, I'm, he knows. I'm not going to comment on Darius Boyd's ability or, or on a football field. I think he's yeah. a good footballer. Yeah. And I think he's, he's shown um, his development after he left the Broncos in, and the player that he became at St. George um, was testament to the quality of the player that he is. I just think that if you can... I don't think anyone was commenting on his ability. No, that's what really calling a douchebag and a tool, and you know, that's, that's right. I think he, as far as the media goes, part of it is the media likes to portray him that way now. In but, some cases, yeah, but, but because he's of, fucking because he of his past his interviews, bed. yeah, it was that he it was that infamous bed. one back when in the Dragons days when mm. he was just sort of yeah, no, nah, yeah, that one. That's the one that got him. But that wasn't the only one. No, but that was the one where it really blew up. Like this guy is a fucking nightmare to interview and he's like he's actually willfully uncooperative as far yeah. as his media obligations are concerned and then you see Andy Raymond um, on Facebook says yeah. ordinary ordinary interview ordinary bloke yeah you know it'd be pretty hard to get on the wrong side of Andy fucking Raymond exactly he's a fucking lovely man yeah and I just think that if you're a professional athlete and you, you're playing in possibly the big Arguably the biggest sport in Australia. Um, and, and it's still got a ways to go. And every player has a responsibility to assist in building the... in improving the image and building the profile of the game on a whole. And you, you can't can really, do that you can if distill you're a cockhead to the media. You can distill it down really easily. You make so much money because the game... <laughs> Is a certain a certain level of popularity. Exactly. What what assists what assists greatly in that level of popularity? Fucking media and engaging with the fans. Be, you know through the media because you know the fans don't have face to face contact with them all the time. So what they get is you know the whole media setup is so that they can you know stories are told outside of the stories that are just the the game that's played. And in regards to the the particular interview, um, the the latest interview. If he has a relationship with Wayne Bennett that he's professed to have, I can understand how someone asking him that question would mean if he had zero knowledge yep. that it had happened. I can understand how that would be fairly off-putting and, and confronting for him. If you know that's his that's his father figure that he's, he's yeah. talking about, and he's he's been away at Origin camp, and you know there's a bit of a bombshell there because the first thing you would think, well, what does that mean to his career? Yeah, you know where does he go? Does he follow him, and what happens next? Yeah. And I would imagine there would have been a lot running through his head. You would think, but to react the way he did, it's instead of saying, "I haven't, I hadn't heard that," I hadn't. I really need some time to process it. Um, I'm happy to give you some time. I'll, I'll talk to yeah. yeah, he doesn't have to go that far. He doesn't have to say, like be all like, "Oh, young." Yeah, he just needs to say, "Look, look, that's uh, that's actually really like that's shocking news to me. I didn't, I did not know that. Um, obviously, I've just found out, so I don't have any comment at this stage. Thank you very much." Yeah, but instead, he chose to go the route like, "Oh, so it's an interrogation, is it?" Yeah. And you go, oh yeah, you put this on TV. That'll be awesome. Yeah, you know, and then like, just like completely just digging, 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 and just making it a thousand. Because she was lovely, she did extremely well under the circumstances. You know, she did not do anything to antagonise him. I just, <clears throat> and you, could you imagine the guy has played 
a lot of first grade now. Mm-hmm. He's won a premiership. He's won a Clive Churchill. He's been away with Australia. He's played plenty of origin. Mm-hmm. The amount of fucking media training that he would have been through mm-hmm. from that time, from the time he entered first grade or even before, yep. to the point where he's at now, mm-hmm. the fuck has he been paying any attention at all? That's, that's that's the difference. He's, he's like I, I think he's I think he's a tool, but I don't know because I don't know the guy personally. But he's definitely willfully like he he willfully refuses mm. to de- to cooperate with the media. It's not like he's bad at bad at it. He might be bad at it, but I mean we've seen people like um like Uate. He's bad at it, but he's not like a prick about it. He's just yeah. bad at it. I mean, Fooey. yeah, Fooey. He's not a prick about it. He's just bad at it. But he's Darius could be good at it. Could be I don't know. But he's willfully just uncooperative, which makes it fucking bad every time without yeah. you know without I'd, fail. I just don't think there's any excuse, and I think that the NRL really should step in and, and reprimand these blokes severely because yep. the relationship with the media is is important, an important aspect uh, to the game as far as its image and its its brand goes. And anyone that's gainfully employed by the game has a responsibility to build that brand. Yep, exactly. Uh, Facebook, we've got a spray here that you're going to love from our old mate Saguna. He's uh, absolutely bombarded. I swear he, he, I swear he messages, uh, not messages, but like you know, puts memes and stuff up on our on our uh, Facebook page. You know, five times a day, sometimes. Um, it's been good. Like he, he, he I've brought- put on a lot of weight recently, Nathan and. Someone was asking me why, and I said, "Well, every time Saguna posts something on our Facebook page, I have a fucking biscuit." <laughs> but no, keep doing it. I mean, because he's he's the he's the the king of the Facebook. He's definitely the super fan of the year yeah. as far as Facebook's I'm concerned. One jab of the fucking heart here. <laughs> hey, fellas. I'm sick and tired of hearing about how you manly fans, in brackets, led by the chief in all this, Nate, whinging about how Mr. Hayne robs you of games and grand finals. Tell me, all you manly fans, how far did you have to shove your cock up this cheating cunt's tanned ass to get all the calls go your way last night? That novel Luma no drive is an absolute dead set joke. Don't get me wrong, we played shithouse last night and didn't deserve to win, but calls like that, and I speak on behalf of all NRL fans when I say this, but he should be hooked for the remainder of the year. Four exclamation marks, followed by full stop. If I have to hear one more time how Shane Kevin Hayne cost your beloved Manly wins, I'll end up in jail for manslaughter. The Tigers are the new, new team to get fucked around by this cunt, and will be for a long time when Farah's still there, because Hayne hates Mr. Schnitzel with a passion. Mr. Hayne, if you're listening to this show, which I really hope you do, get a real tan in the sun and not from a tanning salon, you fucking cheating grub cunt. You're a pathetic wanker. If you were my dad and did that to my team, I would disown you for life. <laughs> He's quite emotional on Friday night. <laughs> Saguna's usually more reason than that. <laughs> um, you know, of all this time, yeah. you know, all the things he's posted yeah. on Facebook, yeah. never once realised he was a Tigers fan. Really? No. Yeah, you know, he's yeah, it's always pro-Tiger stuff. Didn't you see the messages? Saguna, like see- Simona. Well, did you see the messages from last week where he was messaging about um, the Bulldogs game or something like that mm. while the game was going on, and then, then I said, you know... Cher, you know, you better hope that Cherry gets killed in Origin, or else you're getting fucking nailed next week. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's tremendous. I mean, but we'll get to. We won't discuss the, the Shane Hay thing now. We'll wait till the match report. But yeah, it'll it'll come up. Don't worry about that. Um, I actually I want it to come up. Brendan Kelly also on Facebook said the Roosters Manly Hangover, RMHO, the acronym is a real thing. 
Other teams have been heard to say that when they look at the draw, they get worried about their clash with either Seagulls or Roosters, then do a little fist pump when they see they're playing them during the RMHO period. Something needs to be done about this or we'll see more victories from the Sharks and that doesn't help anyone. <laughs> and, uh, and finally, from an uh, email from uh, Gavin Rennick. Listen to the last show yesterday. Read the Robbie Farah slash Cam Smith conversation. Farah has one thing over Smith. He played in the greatest semi-final ever, hash 2010. Is he referring to the, the Roosters one? Yeah, he's a Roosters fan. But he's given credit to Robbie Farrow too, so I can, you know, to, I understand the conflict that you're feeling be, right now. I really, I really want to just say, fuck you. But so when you go back to that game, I like you'll, ne- you'll like never to. watch it again? No. But no. you recognise that it was a fucking amazing it's an contest. Epic contest. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, it's probably, probably one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Just an epic contest. I mean, result, you know, result nothing to do with it just like I'm fucking believable because I mean the Tigers are at like 14 or something that you know, I threw that up I was physically sick after, after or that game. at the finish of it you wound yourself up that badly yeah and also with the probably help of a fucking thousand bourbons no no I wasn't like drunk sick I was okay. just like sick made yourself sick poor little tiger you wear your heart in your sleeve <laughs> don't you you little battle there's a lot of drunk people <laughs> at the Caxton coming into the toilets and I'm standing at the trough because I was trying to have a piss and then I was like oh no I can't I'm going to be sick here and so now I'm coughing up half a lung and throwing up my heart and fucking trying to piss at the same time it's quite a yeah. exercise in gymnastics spewing, spewing up into the piss trough is a great look too oh what do you know <laughs> fuck I've been there Stafford Tavern to 17 bourbon cokes in one hour but it's true I mean it's, it's one of many things that Robbie has over Camp Smith and uh, but yeah I'll take your point one of many <laughs> So yeah, that's the yeah, that's that one. Uh, and uh, membership. Listen to last week's show for the breakdown of sizes that we have left. Yeah, apparently we're not allowed to mention certain things on our own fucking show. But yeah, we have uh, apart from two XL and up to three XL. I think I think we've we've got something in every size. So uh, get onto it as as soon as you can because uh, these ones once they're gone they're gone until uh, next year's open up if and you don't find that entertaining you? maybe you could try this week in Josh Hannay's cunt cousin <laughs> ah posh fucking <laughs> harsh News. Okay, uh, the biggest story of the week. Look, I didn't think this was going to be. The, the, I didn't. This is the last fucking thing I expected to, to happen in in the history of rugby league. I mean, things blindside you, and this one was. It was. It was weird. Like I was. I was out to, out for dinner with my wife. Got home right on half time as I was about to run back on the field, and I started seeing these things on Twitter. Like you know, oh my god, Shunner, and you know. And so then you look back a bit more and it's like he's fucking snapped his leg and you're like, what? And I was like, you you, you can't be fucking sick. What the fuck are you talking about? Then, you know, I go upstairs and I go, I, I get the Foxtel Go app on the iPad and I open it up and I wind the game back and, and then Andy Raymond's talking about a, a, a fan at this halftime thing. I'm like, oh no, because we've had such a build up over the week. He's been talk. He was talking it up and he was oh. excited. He was pumped for it. He was absolutely pumped for it. And, um, and of course... People listen to the show have heard us talk. I mean, just even tonight in the feedback section, Shanta eighty six, Michael, he's he's actually he's not he's not a gronk, he's not a troll. Is he's he a nerd. He's he's one of the Penrith nerds. 
but he's he's a a very valued Other member of like, our community. Unlike he's a Penrith nerd who punches well above his weight. That's pretty much the two things that you may Absolutely. hear about. Absolutely, and unlike show. the other Penrith nerd, he's not a complete fuckhead. It doesn't have a perm. It does not have a perm. He's a lovely man. Um, so, well, you know, I'm sure there's people in this world with perms that are lovely, lovely people. No, generally, universally, <laughs> people with perms, fuckheads. <laughs> but uh, look, this this story became so big. Obviously, he was playing the what was it called? What's that called? The big ball bash. Big ball bash, where you have teams of two. A ball sits on halfway, a giant fucking Zorb thing that's, you know, like, you know, two metres high, three metres high. And the idea is you've got your team of two and you've got to bash the ball, roll the ball over the in goal, over the goal line on the other end to win, you know, whatever the prize may be for for yourself and your teammate. This one, the idea of the game is obviously to get the momentum to start. So it's a mad dash from wherever you've got to start, like 20 metre line or whatever dash to the center to try and get a good whack on this ball so so ninja himself has run up smashed into the ball his opposite number on the other side has done the same thing the ball's gone up or to the side the opposite numbers come through and destroyed his shoulder on shunter's lower leg snapping his ankle i think most media outlets and people on twitter have caught a glimpse of shunter's misses at some point and the, the sympathy towards Shunter has been overwhelming, whereas old mate with the fuck shot has just been left behind. <laughs> he's, no, he's, well, no, the, the, he's a forgotten man in all this. He's not on Twitter, the other guy. That's oh, that's the problem. Yeah, that's his and, problem. And, but Shunter's, you know, beloved member of, Tim, of Tool Nation, and, you know, and all the people get around him. Now, it made the news. He was on Channel 7. Didn't it he was on Triple M. make the news? And and it, was, it was on the Daily Telegraph, which is where I got this story and where it will go through it. It was, it was supposed to be a bit of harmless halftime fun during Monday night's NRL clash between Penrith and Brisbane. But for Panthers fan Shunter, in quotes, because they're too fucking lazy to find out his real name and they just look at his Twitter profile where he doesn't list his fucking real name, it ended in the back of an ambulance with a broken ankle. The Falcon Bridge resident, who goes by Shunter on Twitter, was competing with another fan in a game called the Big Ball Bash, where two teams of fans sprint from either goal line to a giant ball, which then must be pushed over the opposition's stripe to ensure victory. Only this time, they didn't get that far. The two men went flying as bodies clashed, with Shunter stretched off with a suspected broken ankle. The other suffered a suspected broken shoulder, which has since come to find was a, a dislocated shoulder. The pair were then carted off to hospital in the same ambulance. After the incident, Shunter tweeted... <laughs> Shunter, hash Shunter, hash in, hash crisis. Which Fucking led, classic. Which led, which led to a host of messages wishing him a speedy recovery. Others used the hashtag pray for Shunter, hash pray for Shunter to offer support. Uh, and hash pray for Shunter was the, I, I tweeted that hashtag out from the This Week in League account and motherfuckers come straight back, no, it was hash rise for Shunter. And I'm like, I was like, is, is, that's in poor taste. Is, is it in poor taste given the, the round coming up? And then eventually I was just like, oh fuck it, we've just been overwhelmed. Looks like, I guess it's rise for Shunter. <laughs> so the prey one still exists in, you know, around there, but rise for Shunter is by far the biggest one. I had a, a similar incident several years ago, saw Canberra officials sued, but Panthers group CEO Warren Wilson on Monday night confirmed that all participants in the halftime entertainment had signed waiver forms. Well, unfortunately for Warren Wilson, and he knows this, I mean, he knows it, waivers are the biggest myth in legal history. It's, but they're better to have a waiver than not have one, but they're not worth the paper. They're, they're well, not worth the paper. At the end of the day, on. most people go, oh, I signed a waiver, yeah. I'll cop it. But it's if like when you, you go put it in yeah. any sort of legal uh, engagement... You will win. <laughs> you fucking and win, and win well. <laughs> so better call Saul. Look... It's just fucking tragic. I felt sick watching it on Twitter and only that I know that he is such a great guy and 
There's certain people on Twitter, if they fucking dislocated and snapped their ankle in three paces, I'll be the first one to say fucking karma, because you're a cock. Um, but Can you name any? Sorry? Can you name any? <sighs> nah. I'm not prepared to go there at this stage of the game. A couple of bourbons under my belt. Let's <laughs> sing like a canary. Ask, um, ask, ask him at a meet-up. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> you know that dude won't be fucking there. <laughs> He'll be north of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> the wildling will be out. Yes. He'll be north of the wall lugging brand around. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, but... He's a great bloke, and you just think about the, the repercussions that this is going to have on his life. You know, he's going to have a, a long layoff and, and a lot of rehab and, and physio, etc. Eight to 12 um, weeks, apparently, off his feet. Um, I saw his wife say earlier on Facebook. Yeah, and that's... Plus physio and shit after that, you so, know, you know, he's got he's, like six months ahead I mean, of he does he does fuck all. Like, he sits on his ass. Thankfully, thankfully, he's you know he works in IT in like an office environment. So he's it's a not nerd. Gonna, it's not going. Thankfully, gonna... he's a nerd. This is the only time yeah. in his fucking entire life where being a nerd has paid, has off. paid dividends. Yeah. Um, because it'll be you know his employment won't be affected. Yeah, you know you wouldn't think so. Time, yeah. Um, so and that that could be a blessing in disguise, I guess. And... You have to move the air on chair out of the way and maybe roll the wheelchair up, but yeah, they'll, they'll probably have to install some ramps, but. Yeah. If he works in a pain hospital, isn't that where he works? I don't know. I think they said that in the Channel Seven news story. Yeah, I don't know if that's is, is that where he works or is that just where he where he's laid up? You know, what getting a surgery on his ankle at the minute. I'm, I'm sure, sure they said where he works yeah. in IT. Okay. Um, so that that's what I immediate you know that was my immediate thought is that the the long term effects and you know will his wife still love him? You know, maybe that was her well, favourite part of him. Because maybe she looks down and knows that Maybe his manly ankle was her favourite part, and now it's fucked. What happens? <laughs> Look, I think I, you know. I think I think I think the marriage will survive this. <laughs> you know, I don't think that. I mean, he's been treading. It. He's been walking a tightrope. I'm, like, I'm he, more he interested in fucking back, motherfucker you know. like caught lightning. That's, that shit doesn't doesn't happen twice. The thing is, the dude plays footy, he plays touch, and everything like that. That's the thing that I'm worried about because I think that you yeah, know, he's that, already said that, that part of his life is probably is probably over. Yeah, so that's um, kind of sad. Coaching, he could turn to coaching. Yeah, or he could, or he could you'd be a runner like that other lazy prick, Tim Tim McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than laying the slippers in the fucking Tim McIntyre. It's one of my new favourite oh, things. It's, it's, it's fucking it's sensational. Um. So look, we're all thinking of you, and you and know. yeah, people had their fun on Twitter and everything like that. But I mean, it's all coming from the right place, I think, as well. I mean, there's no one, there's no one who has any bad, you know, bad intentions towards nah. Michael, and um, and you know, he's a, he is like a very uh, a very well liked member of the the, uh, the Twill Nation family, and, uh, and photoshopping very, genius, photoshopping genius, very very keen contributor to the show. I mean, you know, every week, week in week out, and so um, you know, we definitely wish him the very best, and hope hopefully he has a very swift recovery. We love you, Ninja. And uh, we then we had a um, a tweet from Shanta four days ago. We're talking about the lead up to this whole thing. You know, what was his t- strategy going to be? He's like, I'm going to wear this Weekend League shirt when I do it. That probably came a cropper because um, they had to wear blue sponsored shirts over yep. the top when they were doing it. But then he's tweeted us, and he said like his dad was going to film it. And so if it's you know if it's any, anything good, you know, it'll end up on YouTube. I'm like, great, can't wait to see it. He's tweeted, lose, win, lose, or total annihilation. It's going on YouTube. <laughs> Four oh, days ago. Well, 
Well, fucking did it. What go on YouTube? It's quite prophetic. Plus, plus that Triple M interview, Channel 7 interview. And while we're recording his show, he's probably been on a couple other fucking shows as well. Um, and we've got some well wishes. I just did a selection of them. Um, Andy Seegs, Andy underscore Seegs. Wow, the length some people will go to just to increase their Twitter following. True commitment. <laughs> Hash rise for shut up. The real question is, how many mentions did he have the first time he checked his phone? I was talking and bantering with like you know the Mitch I from both the This Week in League account and my own account today. I must have tweeted you know like fifty times on the subject, plus all the Mitch I, and I mean he I reckon he'd have about fucking three thousand mentions. He'd have a lot because you know he, lot, so he's not going to be able to get back to everyone at, at all. Uh, the Ben Z Panthers should compensate Shana eighty six with a six hour all access pass to Danny Tequila. Hash worth it. <laughs> Stop it. I don't want us to come off creepy. Earthboy75. Can't help but think of hash biscuit legs when I think of poor Shunter. <laughs> Packet of Tim Tams coming your way, buddy. That's true. <laughs> Shunter Tedesco. Uh, Drew underscore Nathan5 said, holy shit. This is in response to when I, I retweeted the, the picture that James Sigiaro put up, of his, which is the first oh. picture of his foot. Which, and like, I mean, it's not yayi bad, but it's about as bad as you can get without being Jarrell Yayi. Because that's the most sickening one I've ever seen. Yep. Anderson Silva, you know, breaking his leg, that was pretty bad too. But uh, yes, it's not how an ankle should look. Like, no. not even, it's not even close to looking like an ankle. You know, it's pretty, pretty serious. And from the interviews I've seen, like, it's, it's my understanding that he hasn't even seen it and doesn't want to. Like, apart no. from, like, from his vantage point looking down on it, he hasn't looked at any pictures. He doesn't want to know about it until it's such time as it's actually, like, you know, put back mm. together again properly. But um, <laughs> Drew underscore Nathan Five's response to that was, holy shit, is it wrong that I want to touch it, though? <laughs> He's a sick motherfucker. Lynn Shields, bloody hell, that looks terrible. Hash rise for shunter, hash painkillers for shunter. Uh, Jeremy underscore Jack01 said, I've never met you. News says you have a broken leg. Get well soon, shunter. Hash ninja haiku. Hash rise for shunter. And uh, underscore fluffy fish underscore. Shunter ran very hard. There is someone behind ball. Owie, his leg hurts. <laughs> shunter haiku. Tall Hayden, Gould's bloodlust. A Penrith nerd goes down. Rise for shunter. And he's got hash shunter haiku, kind of. Uh, danger underscore anger. Are we going to read through all of them? We no, just no. said there's 3,000 fucking mentions. Yeah, no, we're not going to read all of them. I'm just going to just, just select a couple of the, uh, uh, more rates of the show and, you know, and shunter. Danger underscore anger. Can we arrange an injured superfan hospital visit from Captain Murder for shunter 86? <laughs> uh, what else we got here? And then CJ Dixon comes in and he's like, it's, oh dear God! I thought all this Shunter eighty six talk was just some more this week in league BS. The mofo actually broke his leg. Uh, yeah, my my favourite Shunter moment was before the uh, Samoa Tonga game. Yeah, out at Penrith, he's like um, getting ready to watch the Glen Blakely Cup, yeah. <laughs> and someone was like. The what? <laughs> so obviously he clearly doesn't listen to the show yeah. and get that one time where I mentioned something about a Polynesian. One time I've an been, episode. I've, <laughs> I've been fucking slurred since. One time, yeah. Uh, sweet Nigel B, he was the one that actually started the Ninja Haikus. That Joe Shunter broke his leg, groping one ball too many. Let's hash rise for Shunter. <clears throat> and finally, Tall Hayden, just hope it's a broken leg and not a snap propeller. <laughs> hash honorary helicopters for Shunter. <laughs> And, um, I listen- do one right now, but it's cold, and I, you know, I can't be sticking my finger up my ass to poke my penis out. <laughs> and I'm not doing it for you. <laughs> and you can't borrow a pen. <laughs> what about that water bottle? Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of Goatsy. <laughs> do you remember the old school internet, Goatsy? No. Nah. 
Yeah, there's, there's this picture. It was like, it was like G-O-A-T-S-E dot C-X, I think. And it was like, and, um, so it was like goat sex, you know, sort of the pronunciation. Ah, okay. But goesy. But it was, it was basically just one, it was like a picture of a guy getting fisted up the ass, like gaping, like by another guy, like this gaping asshole, right? It was just really funny. It just started the World Cup final because, <laughs> because the pronunciation of goatsy. <laughs> scored the winning goal in the World Cup final and I can just imagine the amount of people searching on the internet <laughs> coming up with that <laughs> instead of getting the pronunciation <laughs> doesn't look very hard to kick a ball into there and there was another, and there was another guy wasn't there another guy jumping with a torn anus as well in the <laughs> injury in the final <laughs> wow anyway so yeah I'm actually I'm, I have our German blood, so I'm, I was happy with that. As far as my soccer supporting goes, next, this could be uh, Potter out. His hopes of getting the final, the Tigers to the finals, copped a battering when they fell apart against Manly. The Tigers are tenth on the NRL ladder and take on the informed Bulldogs this Sunday <laughs> in a crucial game at ANZ Stadium. <clears throat> on Monday. Potter refused to blame the 48 loss to Manly on one bad call at the start of the game, but he revealed he'd sent a detailed email to referee's boss Tony Archer outlining his many concerns. But uh, Potter's management has been in talks with the Tigers' boss Grant Mayer for several months, but the parties are no closer to a deal, and the club's new board has yet to be finalised. There's another board meeting planned for the end of the month where Potter's future will again be discussed. Tigers assistants Todd Payton and David Kidwell are both rumoured to be in the running for the top job and their ambitions are said to be no secret within the club. Potter is understood to be the lowest paid coach in the NRL at around 250 Gs a season, but he has been widely praised for his work in rebuilding the club in his two years since replacing Tim Sheens. After starting the year as the TAB's wooden spoon favourites, the Tigers have been one of the season's big improvers. There you go, Glenn, how's that? That's lovely, isn't it? Despite season-ending injuries to James Tedesco and Brayton Astor, Liam Fultz's concussion in forced retirement and missing captain Robbie Farrar for a prolonged stint through injury in origin, the Tigers are on 20 competition points. Only their points differentials keeping him out of the top eight. Asked on Monday if Potter's future hinged on making the playoffs, Mayer said Mick has included in his contract a trigger for an extension of one year based upon a top eight finish. Now, it's not ideal from the club's point of view as we've been very open with his manager that is our preference that a new board make the decision on the head coach. However, as time is important, now the head coach appointment will be discussed at the next board meeting. Asked what he thinks of the job Potter has done, Mayer said, this year has been an absolute improvement. Is it what where we need to be? Mick himself has been on the record saying a top eight finish is important. Potter was reluctant to publicly comment on his future. I think it's a bit of a beat up. I think Potter will... Sounds like he's got full support of the board. <laughs> I think he'll be the coach um, for the next several seasons at the Tigers. I think he's um, he's done the hard yards last year, which was in what was a, a fairly terrible season for the Tigers. But you can see things, um, some of the players they've bought, the fact that Brooks is uh, now playing, has, has played the whole season in first grade. Now Moses is there um, and Tedesco when he's back from injury. You know, there's with uh, with Robbie. There's the makings of a of a quality side there, and um, they've shown glimpses of it this year already. Um, in, a, in a patch there in the first quarter of the season, they've uh, as young sides do. They've you know faltered of late recent times with injury and and performances. And I, I, I'll back him to to right the ship. And and you know when you look forward to next season. Everyone's written us off this year from from the start, so they've they've got nothing to lose, and I think that's part of the attitude which got them 
on the front foot earlier in the season. If they can get back to that, um, I don't see any reason why they can't jag a few more wins and, and, and make the eight. But uh, as far as Potter's long-term credentials go, I think he's, he's come too far with this squad and I think he's done too well for, for anyone else to be given a shot over the top of him. So, <clears throat> there you go. Look, I, I I was actually surprised to hear the story, and I was, uh, and I wasn't like you know outraged or anything. Well, I was a little bit because he was assistant coach at Manly, and I rate the guy. And when even any talks where you know was even talking about the fact that he might not be there next year, mm. given the fact that you know he's improved the Tigers immensely over last year, although not so much on the table. Um, you know, they may finish in the same place or worse, but there feels like there's been improvement in there. But. I mean, it's certainly not his fucking fault. You know, he's not given he's not given players biscuit legs and biscuit biceps and and the rest of it. You know what I mean? Like, and then you got Nofaluma. Oh, he's he's suffered a biscuit leg trying to score a try that he didn't quite make the other night. Like, you're just trying to be inflammatory, Nathan, and I'm not taking the bait. That's not the coach's. The what I'm saying is that's not. There's nothing the coach is doing that's no. making that happen. Injuries are unfortunate and unlucky. In my head, yeah. I've punched you in your fucking smug face 14 times since you made that <laughs> stupid comment not five seconds ago. But I'm not going to take the bait of your inflammatory hey, comments. You just address, I'm just saying, it's not the coach's fault. Key injuries are not the coach's fault. And I don't think... How about I force-feed you that bag of fucking trial mix? How about that? You're being very, you're being very antagonistic when I'm actually, when I'm not saying anything at all inflammatory. No, I can see that stupid smug look saying... on your face with the <coughs> curls, the, the ends of your mouth cur- start curling up, <laughs> and then you make this fucking concerted effort to keep the rest of your fucking smug face in just like down, just, a notch down from it's smugness. Not, it's not inflammatory to say you're that it's not, not succeeding. It's not inflammatory to say that injuries are not the coach, coach's fault. Mick Potter will be the coach of the West Tigers for at least the next three seasons. No, you, you agree with me though. That At like, which point they will probably win three premierships. A massive injury toll is not the is not the coach's fault. No, I agree. I finally, think... finally, you fucking got out of your little your little fucking barricade. Yes, yeah, you poked your, you poked your head out and realised that I'm not the enemy here. <laughs> I'm are. fucking defending you the are. cunt. You are, but <laughs> some of uh, some of his selections is is reluctance. To make some hard calls within the squad has had an effect on the squad. But he's also been hobbled by the second-tier cap as well. Yeah, that hasn't helped. He can only select the players that he's got available. But Chris Lawrence was having some shockers earlier in the year, just quietly. Yeah, Betty Wise earned, earned some goodwill, I think, through, you know, part, you know, you know, some players go through peaks and troughs of form. And so, you know, and now he's going okay. I mean, he's certainly no Blake Ashford. <laughs> well, is... He's certainly no Lulia. I mean, he's not a Simona, but he's not one of these other pricks neither. True. So you know, and it's he's just using the guys that he's got available. And you know, I thought you'd be more supportive in terms of the injury side of things. But uh, you think he'll be around? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's done a good job. I think you know when you look at the way that after Sheens was was punted, you look that it was going to be Matt Parrish, it was going to be fucking Nathan Brown, it was going to be Potter and then and went on and fucking on and 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 then all of a sudden Mick Potter's the guy okay sweet he has a fucking horrible year inheriting someone else's squad last season and then he's done a, a very very good job of getting them together and playing some some good football uh, this season and they've had some some ups and downs and some patchy performances uh, given the fact that we've got a, a 19 year old halfback running around and he was had a you know, a 19-year-old 
fullback running off him, and they were going mm. pretty well. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason to change at this stage, especially when we persisted with fucking Tim Sheens. I mean, yeah. how long do we keep Tim, you know, yeah. trotting Tim Sheens out weekend? Too long. Too long, though. They want to avoid... I, mean, I can see why they'd weekend be gun-shy. Weekend style and they want to, with yeah. the fucking coach's box. Like, give Potter a chance. He's made improvements. Yeah. Okay, next story. Talks are set to begin to extend the contract of centre Steve Matai at Seagulls till the end of 2017. His manager, Gavin Orr, said he was meeting with Manly officials this week with the aim of shoring up his future at the club. Development comes after revelations that Matai had asked the club for a release from the final year of his contract so he could take up a lucrative offer to join New Zealand Warriors. We'll see how everything unfolds, and I might find myself over there. Matai was quoted in a New Zealand paper on Saturday. Orr said, a lot of material from the weekend doesn't reflect what's happening now. That question was asked two months ago, and Manly gave me and Steve an answer. They wouldn't be prepared to release him. There's nothing further to add to it. He's got a contract next year. He's just got to play football. He knows that. I know that. And the club knows that. You go to the people who are his current employers and ask them to consider it, which they did. They came back and said at the moment he's a valuable member of the team. So we will now look to upgrade and extend his current deal at Manly. The, uh, or expects the club to get back to him within the next week with an offer to keep Matai at the club for the next three years. Dave Perry said that the club had been in talks with Matai's manager for some time. We focused on further discussions with Steve and his management about contract extension, Perry said. So that just puts a fucking full stop... Underline, close the book on that bullshit that fucking trolls who are actually paid the troll, unlike me, fucking hell. But these Buzz Rothfield and these other fucking dickheads, Buzz is probably the worst of them though, I think, love to just write inflammatory shit and obviously their sources are all fucked up because like, this is what I got as well is that this shit happened months ago and the dude was offered like 650 grand a year per year for four years. Uh, starting from next year. So, I mean, you'd be, there's probably double what he's on now. And so, you'd be fucking crazy not to go, look, this is what's on the table. I could go back to my family. You know, he's got his, you know, his family over there. He's got his brother who's, you know, like disabled over there as well. And so, you know, it would be an attractive thing, you know, to and to make fuckloads of money as well. And so, of course, you go, look, you know, this is on the table. Any chance that I could take it? And they've gone, well, no, you contracted next year. And, you know, we fucking, you're fucking God, you know. So, no, 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 I don't think so. Rightly so. I don't think... If they had have let him go, I wouldn't have begrudged him either. Because, I mean, well, fuck, no, it's a I mean, day. You know, he can't play forever. And, yeah, exactly. You know, especially... The way he plays the game. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And he and he has... He has had a lot of injuries, or he does take... A lot of damage a, in games, A lot of damage yeah. um, over the course of a season. So, um, well, I don't think Steve Maddow is the guy that you'd be worried about. And I don't think Anthony Watmo, for all the fucking reports that he was talking to Parra. Yes, such fucking nonsense, that too. I, th- yeah. I think the 80 guys, um, Liam Foran strikes me as a guy that, that would never play anywhere but Manly. Kieran? Um, Liam's off the... Did I say Liam? Liam's I mean, off Kieran, the like, Salford or London Broncos or somewhere, yeah. I think. Yeah. Liam strikes me as someone that isn't as good as his brother and will play anywhere. But, um, Top bloke, though. I'm sure he is. I, I think... Big fan of John Brett Stewart? Yep. Might have been, you know, at the right time <laughs> in the in the midst of everything he's, he's with his brother. Yep. Um, if someone made a real heavy play for him, I think he might have kicked up a stink. And and Cherry Evans, I think you made a good point the other week that when the time comes, um, Gen Y not into self sacrifice. Yeah, but there is a lot. Of, there is a lot of other factors, though. There's a lot of. I'm sure there's a lot too. of goodwill they've done. The club's done a lot for him, but it's not even goodwill, not even goodwill to the club. I mean, it's actually the area as well, and yeah. more importantly, the person who wears the pants in the relationship, <laughs> which is not him. Yeah, 
um, at the end of the day, that if they get two bits of paper put down in front of them and, and Manly is a long way off the mark, money talks. Yeah, and, and, I, don't th- and I don't think Manly will ever be a long way off the mark. I think they rep- well, they, they, they identify the fact that he's, he's a big part. I just don't they, think they, he's they one they of those guys. They only have to get in the ballpark, yeah. yeah but I just don't be, think he's, he's going to be no. one of those guys like a Watmo or, or, or you know, like a Steve Menzies or, you know, sure. Brent Cox. Um, whereas Matt Eye is every bit of that. So. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, I think Which is funny because you never would have put... You, you, I mean, he, he's one of the guys, he just doesn't seem like he belongs in that kind of crew. But, you know, he's become, you know... You, you see Watmo's wedding party, two Stuarts and Matt Eye were his groomsmen. I just, I I think as good as, as good as Madai has been for the club, the club's been really good for Madai as well. Yeah. I think the style of play that he has, I'm not 100% certain that that would translate to another team. Yeah. Either, you know, and he might, um, might be found wanting, <laughs> if you know what I mean. He's yeah. always going to bring a certain level of aggression, but yeah. a lot of Manly's attack, is right up his alley in the way that he plays the game, and yep. um, yeah. So I, I would think he he play out his career there. And that fucking idiotic article, Buzz Rothfield. Did you see the tweet I sent to him? <laughs> like, yeah, um, your team's coming fucking last. No sponsors. A shard hanging over you. Just sacked your five eighth. You haven't got a coach. And fucking Manly's the team that's in crisis. Mm. Get the fuck out of here, moron. And then I put my favourite fucking meme at the moment. Which is the, the porn stars one with the dude from the the porn stars TV show. You you watch ever seen that show? Yeah, yeah. The Rick, the, you know, the bald, you know, the the not the you know the the main guy in the show. Yes. And he's got the thing. Yeah, cool story, bro. Oh, but I'm just gonna have that, to get one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to get a friend of mine who's an expert in cool yeah. stories to come down. <laughs> I fucking love that one at the moment. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, Matt, I don't think he'd be going anywhere. And and you know what, I'd. I would love him to stay for an extra two years, you know, three years from this year. I'd fucking love it. But um, if he went at the end of next year, then I wouldn't begrudge him either, especially if he could get, you know, majorly paid. And if he left at the end of next year, I think he's played about 187 games, I think. So he'd crack his 200 games, which, you know, when, when players crack 200 games for Manly, that that basically puts them in God mode and, they and you know, life membership and all that sort of stuff when they hang Cheap up the boots. So, uh, <clears throat> well... Funnily, you mentioned it. I think there's one player in South that has done it, and in, in, in the history of their club, there's only been a handful. So it's and Manly have X amount of them playing at the one time. Like it's just it's a crazy statistic. And when you look at it and you see the number of 200 game players they have, you know, at the one time, and you go, well, no wonder they've been so good for so long because I mean they've just kept this fucking nucleus together for you know a very long time, and uh, the nucleus happens to be awesome. Uh, next. Melbourne Storm will place its greatest ever footprint in Queensland by linking with the Sunshine Coast in the search for the next wave of NRL superstars. They will announce an alliance with the Sunshine Coast Falcons, who are formerly Sunshine Coast Sea Eagles, giving Melbourne two development footholds in Queensland to rival the Broncos, Titans and Cowboys. They really are a Queensland team at heart. Um, Storm football manager Frank Penasy will fly north on Tuesday morning to <laughs> formalise links, re- links with the region as to help develop Maroons ace Daly Cherry Evans. The 2012 Premiers already have feeder club ties to Intrust Super, Cup, Super Cup powerhouse East Tigers and the latest strategic move will give Melbourne access to 3,000 registered Queensland juniors in one of the NRL's most untouched rugby league nurseries. A decade ago, Melbourne's partnership with North Devils spawned a generation of origin stars in Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, 
Cooper Cronk, Greg Inglis and Dallas Johnson. Now the Storm's dual development arms will ensure their presence in Queensland is stronger than ever as Melbourne Chiefs look to mine fresh talent. The Bulldogs were initially tipped to broker a feeder club arrangement with the Sunshine Coast, but the Courier-Mail understands that the Storm have stolen their thunder. Um... This is the funny one. New South Wales origin duo Tony Williams and Trent Hodkinson helped Sunshine Coast to the Queensland Cup title in 2009, while Manly plucked Cherry Evans from the region 12 months later. I just like the fucking bullshit that we plucked Cherry Evans from that region. We sent him to that region after he aged out of Holden Cup, or Toyota Cup at the time. So, shut the fuck up, idiots. Um... So the flip side to that is that Melbourne will sell, sever the New South Wales Cup ties with Cronulla, and uh, that means the end of the Sharknados. Greatest nickname in the history of rugby league. Greatest um, ever. Springfield Panthers still waiting for the call. Yeah. Just saying. I'd disown Some him. Promising under sevens. Yeah, I'd, I'd disown him if he played for the Storm. To be honest. All the Bulldogs. Unacceptable. I did say to Jackson, he wouldn't do it. He's got too much integrity. Even him, seven. What happens if, if it comes time, mate, and, and someone at a club does come knocking at your door and it's not the Broncos? He just looked at me like, how could it not be? the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's not how it works. You play for your favourite club. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what happens if, if the Broncos already have a great 5'8 or fullback or halfback or whatever position you're going to play, mate? Just completely... Completely fucking lost on did you the possibility. Tell him, did you tell him the rest of the story? Explain to him how it would be? So look, mate, you could wind up like Aaron Woods. Idolised Manly, wanted Actually, to play Manly the whole that's time. that's exactly what I said. And now he's stuck in a miserable fucking environment in Balmain. This is the sort of shit I'm fucking talking about where in my head I just punch you in the fucking face until you die. I did actually use that as an example. He dreads the premierships. Aaron Woods. And now he's getting spoons. He has not won a fucking single spoon. Yeah, and the year's not over yet. <laughs> fucking please. Even in the fucking, at your absolute trolleys, you wouldn't fucking say we'd get a spoon. You're I a did at the start of the season. Like, but the preview before a game had been Fuck. played. That's because you just fall into line with, you know, respected journalists from the <clears throat> Daily Telegraph, etc. I stand by that prediction. It's a long season. There's eight weeks left. You could lose all eight. Yeah. Um, I like that clubs are getting involved with the um, Q Cup sides um, and, and you know fostering the n- nursery up here and it's not just left solely to the Broncos <laughs> what is the fucking deal with the feeder clubs though because I'm sure because Manly had the Sunshine Coast Seagulls for a couple of years and they were a powerhouse when that happened and they Manly, I thought Manly were forced to, to sever it from a rule change saying something about the clubs like you know they couldn't have a like, you know, oh really? Yeah, I, oh, I wasn't aware. I of thought that. we were forced to sever the arrangement by like some sort of rule change. So I'm just wondering what the deal is. Okay, uh, if someone can enlighten me, because I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. There's a Mitchell that's right up on that. I don't know which one. I'll get him. Yeah, fucking I don't know. What, the I, I, I think it's I mainly think because they're all named fucking Mitchell. He's but. maybe Mitch three or Mitch four. I can't remember what the current rankings yeah. are. You know, fluctuates. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's, he's certainly no higher than Mitch three though. There's no such thing as a Mitch one. Um, but. You know, it's good. There is a lot of junior talent up here, and yeah. um, there is a lot of work that goes in at the grassroots to um, to foster that. So, if if uh, you know NRL clubs can can give a legitimate pathway to to some of these really good prospects, um, it's only going to help the kids. So good for the Sunshine Coast side too, because they are an absolute fucking rabble since Manly left town. They've like lost. Uh, Every like they lose every game and they get they get some fucking floggings on them too like sixty points, Jeez. so they you know they could probably use you know some some storm kids coming through to help them out. 
And finally, Cronulla's new major sponsors want to begin testing Sharks players for recreational drugs and alcohol use this season and have signalled they may end their newfound alliance with the club if they're not permitted to do so. Labor Health signed on as the club's main backer in the wake of Todd Carney's sacking last month following the release on social media of a disturbing photo. The bubbler photo. Todd Carney pissing at or inside his own mouth. The new sponsors, whose primary business is conducting drug and alcohol tests at workplaces, so they invested in Cronulla on the condition of implementing their own screening regime at the last place NRL club. Labor Health General Manager Regan Brown told Fairfax Media on Monday he hoped to begin an internal control at training sessions in the final rounds of this year's premiership. What we want to do is implement it before the end of the season. It might be the final four or five rounds, and we just sort of go down there once a week just to get it in. And after the initial shock of it being implemented, maybe just at once a month, it's a disciplined thing that once incorporated, people must abide by, and the culture of the club will strengthen around that. If we find that everything's squeaky clean, you don't need to be down there every day. However, Cronulla were reminded by NRL on Monday that clubs were not allowed to conduct their own testing for illicit drugs, a league central policy that places the Sharks' new partnership in jeopardy less than a fortnight after it was announced. The NRL's testing is done by Lavity Pathology, who are now also monitoring whether there's an issue with the abuse of prescription drugs by players. Clubs are prohibited from conducting their own in-house testing for illicit drugs, an NRL spokesman said. The NRL contracts a major pathology company to conduct uniform tests across all clubs. This ensures there's consistency for every player and every club. That arrangement is in place for the next one to two years. However, that's not to say that other companies won't be invited to tender for such work in the future. Um, yeah, sounds like they've been a rock of a hard place, really. I mean, it's not the Sharks' decision not to do it. No, well, at the end of the day, the sponsor has to abide by the, the governing body's rules, but I don't see an issue... Um, illicit drugs. If well, I can understand the illicit drugs thing, but if it's if it's just alcohol testing, I think yeah. that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's all a good thing to have the testing, but it sounds like they've already got people. You know, I guess they're not testing for the alcohol though. Yeah. So there's probably an in there and a, and a compromise available where the sharks can get their cash and and uh, this place can get the uh, labour health can get the the publicity and and you know, put their, their skills into practice at an NRL club and, and maybe generate a bit more interest, which is what sponsorship's all about, I guess. Seems a bit short-sighted by Labor Health as well, because I mean, surely this would have been part of the due diligence. You know, if they wanted this to happen as part of their setup of the sponsorship thing, yeah. surely this would have come up and, you know, that, no, we were in a binding you arrangement with You would think that it's, been, that, yeah, that it's been discussed prior to a, a sponsorship deal having been signed off on. So, um, I'd just... You know, you'd hate to see the you know the positive news of the sharks getting a sponsor after all this time. Is, yeah, ends up turning shit. Exactly. And uh, Steve Noy said we're excited about the new corporate partners that have come on board in challenging times. Obviously, these people have a strong desire and passion to help the club out, not just financially in terms of sponsorship, but to help us build a strong culture. But at the same time, the club are aware of NRL news, NRL rules regarding certain aspects of testing. We need to work with the NRL, and hopefully, there might be opportunities for our corporate partners to be part of the solution for the game. So, yeah. Probably, I mean, I don't know how tight-knit the NRL's uh, business relationship is with the existing tester, but, you know, they could open some doors there for, for Labor Health if, um, you know, on a level playing field, they can can certainly be competitive. And, yeah, and, and as I said, you know, they're happy for them to tender in the future. Tender, yeah, tender, yeah. yeah, sure. Recaps. Okay, uh, very quickly because I mean it's old news by now. But um, the origin of the, thir- the third game was played last week, middle of last week. Um, Queensland thirty-two defeated New South Wales 
eight uh, in front of a, a disappointing crowd of 50,155 people. So that's about five grand under what they can take, what they have taken in the past over there at Suncorp. Um, 52,500 capacity. Wasn't there like a 50, there was, there was a, there was a 54, 55 capacity mm-hmm. event there. Definitely was. Maybe it wasn't league. But oh, it's definitely they have more standing room only for concerts or yeah, something. Yeah, but... no, no, I don't think it was concert. Or maybe it was rugby union hmm, or soccer. But they definitely had close to 55 for something. So disappointing. Queensland has gone, you know, it's basically 10% of Queenslanders have gone off the, the origin concept, essentially. So, <laughs> Queensland's 32 tries to Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Darius Boyd, uh, Aiden Guerra, Cooper Cronk, Thurston 5 from 5 and a penalty goal. And the Blues, uh, we've got two goals from Hodkinson, a conversion and a penalty and a try to Josh Dugan. Just quickly. Oh, I, I think it was a, a good game to watch. I think Queensland, you know, once New South Wales went behind, I don't know that they really gave a fuck. <laughs> had you know had much of an in- inclination to to make a huge game of it. It was going to be Queensland's night, but the biggest thing I got out of the game was was being able to take Jackson to his first Origin, and um, I think I just had it highlighted again just how intense he is as far as football goes. <laughs> it was, um, he, he was given a couple of tickets uh, as part of his coaching clinic, and uh, it just so happened, obviously they're all in the same area. And there was a bunch of other kids there, um, some the same age, some um, younger, but mostly older. And by just after half time, there's a lot of kids looking around and playing phones, and yeah, you know, not showing a lot of interest. And Jackson was still bombarding me with questions and being super fucking intense about what was going on in the game and how it was all happening and. What happened to Will Chambers? He was playing so well, and now he's hurt. When's he coming back on? And he was very concerned. So, some good performance for for performance for Queensland. I think Aiden Guerra probably cemented his spot for for you know at least the short term. Will Chambers, uh, as I just said, performed fairly admirably. Um, and you know, Billy Slater. I think that. The step on Jared Hayne when Billy, Hayde, Billy Slater scored was um, was one of the highlights for me, and and you know I think that the shield presentation would have been better at uh, at ANZ after game two, to be honest. I think yeah, so I don't really I don't really care either way because it was funny. Like you know, when the game was going on, I was going, oh, this is fucking ridiculous. And you know you could you you, really, you knew that, yeah like you said when they fell behind like they weren't putting their bodies on they weren't going to put their bodies on the line like they had you know with that mm. resolute last ditch you know death or glory defence that that typified the first two games. If it was <clears> a deciding game three, yeah, we would have had a vastly different scoreline. Yeah, but um, in saying that, like as soon as the full time who who went and they turned to doing the presentation, I was like immediately forgot the result of that game who give a fuck <laughs> like honestly and it looked like the players were you know were similar as well I mean you could see the scoreline was fucked but even as the clock's ticking down there's still you know smiles all around on the bench and stuff like that because you know they, they, they'd won the series and sure. you know that obviously that attitude permeated but, but you know good series uh, you know good New South Wales to finally get back on and um one in a row shirts still on sale and the update is I think I think they've shipped or about to ship so uh you know Anyone who ordered those shirts, and there's a fucking lot of you out there, they'll be on their way before too long. Now, fast forward to Friday night football. 
And the match of the round, as always, the mighty Manly Seagulls and, you know, the protagonists against the West Tigers. Manly Seagulls, uh, 40 to feed the West Tigers, 8 at Brookie. And uh, this one, 40 points from the uh, Seagulls, a double to Petahiku, a double to Kieran Foran, uh, Clinton Gutherson, Brett Stewart, Daly Cherry Evans, also with tries, and Jamie Lyons, 6 from 7 conversions. The Tigers, 8, came from tries to Keith Lulia and David Nofaluma, and uh, Blake Austin couldn't buy a kick. Fucking hopeless, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Paddy Richards. No, definitely not. Um, solid win from Manly, I think, at, at home. Um, following after a fairly shabby performance from the week previous and, and, you know, got back to Brookvale and it was business as usual, I think. Um, a lot of conjecture over the Nofaluma try, no try, early in the game. Uh, people saying that it, it, you know, cost it West Tigers a victory or, you know, that I, I personally think Regardless of whether you think it was a try or no try, I think the Tigers need to overcome adversity better than <laughs> if a decision's going to fuck them over for an entire game. That, that, then, that's yeah. exactly it. And when you look at their immediate response, it shows how far they've got to go as far as matching it with the top sides in the competition. Um, that call went against them. Uh, they went penalty, penalty, try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then. It was always back to back tries. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, and the back to back penalties, the drop balls in the play of the ball, are just you, you can you can just they just they turned it up basically at the end of the day from a call in the seventh minute or or the, f- the fifth minute or whatever it was, um, if if that gives you due cause to to throw your hands in the air for for the remaining seventy odd minutes and. Um, and make those sorts of errors and lose your discipline, lose your focus in that, in what was a really big game for the Tigers. It, it you know leaves a lot to be desired and and shows that their credentials, um, you know, and aspirations to make the top eight, which you know people have been saying they're a chance for. Um, I, th- I think they threw the game away over one call uh, very early on in the game. I think the Tigers' need for a, a strike centre. Um, it grows every stronger every week. Uh, Tim Simone is back now, um, and gives us a, a fair bit of impetus on the left. But um, Chris Lawrence is probably playing more like a, a lock these days. He um, is, yeah. His his footwork in the centres, I think defensively he's still more than up to it. But I, I just think, um, other than other than as a strong hole runner. I think he leaves a bit to be decided out there in the centres, and um, whether they blood some, I think their second tier cap prevents them from really blooding anyone. Um, whilst Simona was injured, and I don't think Lawrence is going to be dropped from the squad, as you said, he's owed a bit of goodwill. But um, he's going to be the one that stays. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like there's a bit of a chasm developing between Manly um, and the rest of the comp, with the exception of probably the Dogs, about the only team at the moment that you could say could um, could really match it with Manly. Um, the Roosters probably on their on their day as well, but they've shown it a lot less consistently than uh, the Manly and the Dogs have. So it's um, you know for, for everyone saying how close the competition is, and it certainly is from those positions. Uh, four through twelve or or eleven, yep. but uh, when you get into a, a game like that where Manly 
were backing up from a, an ordinary performance, playing at home, and and it was a big game, certainly for the Tigers. They they needed to really, um, they they were desperate to win that game and and, and didn't really show in their performance. But when you look at their position on the ladder, um, it's it's a game they really should have been up for and manly put them to the sword. So, um, I just think that as it stands right now, they're the best team in the comp, and, and probably the dogs. The, are the only team right now that look like they are, are capable of matching it physically with Manly for, for 80 minutes. And I think I said at the start of the season when the Tigers beat them that the most impressive aspect was that the Tigers matched Manly physically for 80 minutes um, and, and really stuck it to them and were super aggressive. And they they went nowhere near doing that in this game. And I think that was ultimately why the scoreline school line blew out. They just they couldn't go with them physically. Um, which opened up a lot of Manly's uh, scoring opportunities. And the thing is, the two worst performances from the forwards of Manly all year, <clears throat> Tigers first time around, Dogs last week, mm-hmm. both came after the East game. So I think there really is something to the getting up for that contest or what that contest takes out of them as well. <clears throat> which, you know, obviously in semi-final times, you know, they're, they're all going to be hard games, so you know, they probably want to you know, pull their finger out when that comes to it. Sure. Just to tell you, know, the no-try situation at the start... One, I don't know how many points I have, so I'm just going to number them, but I can't say the three points because I don't know. I might have four. But one, not sure either way if it was a try or not because, you know, you could see you could see when you put it down, it was sort of on like a, I don't know, I'm doing it, I'm, I'm showing you here. <laughs> like, you know, like you can, people can see what I'm doing. But it was kind of like on, you know, on, on, on an angle like that. And the sh- you could see the shadow was on, over the white line. It was a shadow, so it wasn't on the line. But then he sort of moved it forward and it, and it fell loose. So, I mean, he's like, he's knocked it on trying to promote it. The thing is, a, I don't, I don't know if it's a try or not. Two, is that Shane Hayne was like literally right there, in front of it, and the touch judge was literally right there on the line looking down beside it. So they were in a better position to make a call than than anyone. Three, I think they probably should have sent it upstairs because why the fuck not? You know, just just to do it because you know it's available. You know, and you know touches of stuff. You know, sorry, video refs have been overruling shit like crazy over the last fortnight as well. So, like, they probably should have sent it up for for a better look. But the final point is that how many times do we say when it comes to video refereeing and that we go, the fucking referee was in the best position to see there. Why didn't he just make a call? And on this occasion, he did, and the touch judge as well, in consultation with the touch judge. And they came to their decision, and it's just you know it's this massive blob like it was the fucking robbery ever. But that's what people want to happen. People want want them to you know to to back their own calls, and so it's just it's just the the commentary team and everything you know just harping on through the entire game about yeah. it. like fucking seeing old Ray Warren. It's time to give it away. Just I mean the, thing- the cunt must have had fucking ten thousand dollars on the Tigers the way he was fucking bitching about <laughs> it for the entire when they're down by thirty points and he's still fucking bitching about it. The thing for the for the referees is that there's a big push at the moment, and, and I can see from a, from a junior football perspective to try and get younger people involved in refereeing the game. Yep. On the flip side of that, there's <clears throat> you know, numerous instances where young referees are abused. Some have been physically assaulted at mm-hmm. games. You know, at, at fucking kids' games, which is deplorable. Yeah. You see the way the scrutiny that referees are under. Yep. Um, when they And when they do, you know, taking this particular instance out of the equation, right? Yep. But when they do make a mistake, they're, they're fucking just universally hammered for it. Yeah. But if they're keeping it out of the news, then, you know, that's I guess that's their, their end goal. Yeah. yeah. But 
Who the fuck would want to be a referee? Yeah, I wouldn't. And you wonder, there's not enough done, really, to empower, certainly NRL guys, to empower them with the resources. Like we've talked about this bunker, I'm sure we've talked yeah. about that for three years now. Yeah, yeah, maybe two years, yeah. I mean, they started talking about it, like, was it like you know, this time last year, or was it the year before? I think it was the year before, you'll yeah. find. it's a long time. Um, but how many, how many fucking 12, you know... 12 to 16 year old kids wake up every morning with some irresistible urge to be an NRL referee. Yeah, I think people have to wash out as wash out as players in their, you know, in their early 20s and to I go think, down that route. Yeah, and, and I think players, <clears throat> certainly ex NRL players, I think they probably yeah, but would be like, the best choice. But yeah, but then you've got your Perinaras and your Luke Phillips that make, you know, that prove that that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, and, you know, you know fuck, would you have Steve Menzies refereeing a game if you. With the Tigers, they were playing Manly. I don't think they. I don't think they do. Would, would they do that? I mean, what happens with Luke Phillips? I mean, does he ever like you know do? I mean, he does Manly games, I guess. Uh, Luke Patton does dogs games, so yeah, I guess maybe they true. just assume that they're impartial. The integrity is there to, to you know. Yeah, disappointing is is the overwhelming. I, I was disappointed in the Tigers for their performance and I was disappointed in some fans carrying on about that one call at the start of the game when it was quite obvious that the Tigers just fucking weren't good enough on the night to go with Manly and they got pumped. And Manly, once again, with four and a DCE in the house, hmm. turned into this, the, the slick attacking machine that, you know, unstoppable. I mean, just the speed and fucking angles that they're playing with at the moment I in attack. four and is, in depth. you know, Cherry's getting a lot of raps at the moment and deservedly so, but four and is... You know, you yeah, he's, he's less consistent, I think, and I think he might, maybe it's because he needs Cherry there on the other side to take some of the attention away. I think if it's him and Little John, then they're just like, well, Little John, he's a, he's a rookie, he's got nothing, so we're just going to concert, you know, focus. We shut down four and we've probably got him shut down. Mm. But when he's got, you know, the threat on the other side as well, you know, I think it, it opens it up a lot more for him, and he was fucking amazing. And they put another one of those tries on, like that Brett Stewart one from the week before. Yeah, you know, or the, sorry, the week before that against East, and uh, you know this, this time it was four, and it was a beneficiary of like you know the sharp angle played, you know rapid speed just straight through, magnificent. And the beautiful thing is, I mean, you still got you know no to, no to four, and like Gutherson, I think he's creating some interesting selection problems because mm. I mean I think he suffered an injury late in that game, but with that withstanding. He's been fucking sensational, and and given his you know his his frame and everything, I think he's probably even a safer bet under high balls and stuff like that. And I think in combination with Matai, he may even defend better um, <clears throat> than like the Matai and Tafua combination. And so he's obviously star of the future, and you know, great to have him locked up. Um, and the other thing, it's just like you get Glenn Stewart back in the side, you get Watmo back in the side. When have, does I mean, Glenn Stewart come back? A uh, couple of weeks, I think. Is he hurt or suspended? Yeah, no, he was hurt. He's, yeah. he's injured, yeah. So I think he was in a moon boot. So, um, yeah, Watmo's back this week off the suspension. So you get Watmo back in, you get Glenn Stewart back in the side. I mean, it just, you know, just the side actually, get, the side's actually got, you know, better and has been playing shorthanded for so long. Leading you forget. And you still got improvements left, so. Yeah, so it's good. Scary. Getting a good feeling, but just trying to keep a fucking lid on it. Um, Twitter, Sweet IGB. The whinging by non-Manly fans has to stop. Maybe if they supported a decent team, the universe wouldn't hate them so much. This from a bloke that fucking two seasons ago didn't have a team yeah. and was a previous New Zealand Warriors supporter, if I remember correctly, and such fucking deplorable character would be chastised severely by your good self, normally, in most cases. Yet, well, a person doesn't... This is the thing. IGB, 
gets a pass because he's a fucking nerd. And quite no. frankly, I think that's discriminatory. He gets a pass because he's merely... No, he gets, he gets a pass because he came to us and said, look, I don't have a team. And we put it out there and people stayed their cases and he made his decision based on that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. And he made the wrong choice. He made the right, he obviously made the right choice because he picked, like when he made the choice to support the, the Baltimore Ravens in NFL the year they fucking won too, like the year before last. Um, sorry, the year before the most recent one. Uh, what have we got? Uh, Unky D. Tigers continue undefeated asterisk season with a dominant asterisk win asterisk over the Seagulls to retain top asterisk spot on NRL ladder. <laughs> Chapo the creator. Right. Chapo the creator. Nate can see into the future because he was right when he said old oh, man Pat Richards wouldn't score a point against Manly. Not only didn't he score a point, he didn't score a fucking point in Supercoach either. We well, got hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, it's no excuse because if you're on my Supercoach side, so I expect you to put him for eighty minutes every week. <laughs> <laughs> Although I fucked him off now and I got Conrad in there, so you know. Oh, more for you. Oh, good. Eddie NZ. Listening to the Manly West Tigers preview post game, it's scary how close Nathan Gillis called it. And I actually had to go back and listen to the show to see what I said. And I said that we're going we're gonna to pump you by 30. And I thought it was, yeah, 32. Uh, M51 avoider. And once again, Tigers fall down the ladder below hash red V. Hash Tigers in decline. Hash where's my jersey? <laughs> <laughs> to which I replied, oh, fuck, I forgot again. I even rang Amart yeah. after the last time I forgot and said I'll get it sorted out. Yeah. I rang Amart yeah. and they got a jersey put aside for me for me to come down that day and pick it up at lunchtime. Forgot all about it. You better just go into like you know fangear or jersey.com.au or something and just putting his just address it. in as a shipping address and just exactly. you know just do it, plug it in. Uh, Tiger underscore Benji. Our forwards had great go forward tonight, but this ongoing ball handling problem and soft miss tackles will kill our season. And the guys that really led those performances uh, at the start of the season were, were James Gavay and, and Marty Tapao, and unfortunately uh, between those two and Ava, they were guilty of. of Several yeah. errors. Or as I call it, James Gavay managed managed power. Or as I call it, call him get a fucking haircut and 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 shit Steve Matai imitator. <laughs> as I tweeted out from Seagulls Live, like you know, was it Steve Matai minus talent plus cheeseburgers equals managed power? <laughs> Good tweet. Yeah. Got a lot of retweets. Got a lot of favorites. Got a West Tigers fan. Well, that wasn't that one, but I got a West Tigers fan like saying, you know, I wish you would fucking die or something like that. It wasn't you either. Just some random, but I had, you know, someone retweeted it and then it came across him and yeah. So then I replied to him and then he stopped playing. It's disappointing. Lokio. Sounds like your your childhood wrapped up in fucking one sentence. <laughs> Lokio. Tapao has two drop balls. Looks like he has RSI, but not from tries. Must be from him using his fingers to count manly score. And uh, 40 zip. And this is a, this tweet here is so fucking accurate at the moment for Manly. It can be easier for teams to gain 50 metres or so against Manly, but that final 10 metres is always the hardest. Hash defence wins. Fucking people, even Tigers, roll up through, they'll roll through the forwards all day long. But they get in that 20 metre zone and they, just, they, they switch on and just, you know, don't let them through. And, like, you know, I was disappointed that they got the eight points to stop it from being 40 nil. But on the other hand, I'm much rather take these tries where the wingers just get in the corner and it's a touchline conversion rather than, you know, soft shit going throughout the middle. So, you know, those, you can have those tries. Uh, New Zealand Warriors, 48. Defeat the Parramatta Eels, zero at Mount Smart Stadium. And uh, this one, fucking what to say. The Warriors, 48 points came from tries too. David Fusatua, Sean Johnson, double to Sam Tompkins, Conrad Harrell, Simon Mannering. Fucking, the captain... Is a try scoring machine. He, he, he pretty much gets one a week. Ben Henry and uh, Chad Townsend and Sean Johnson, eight from eight conversions. Is the actual captain on Twitter? 
The real captain. The real captain. No, just the captain, captain. The captain, captain. Yeah, he's on there. He's blocked by the Warriors <laughs> official account too. How fucking petty is that? You would think that they'd latch onto it and... And realise that he's not actually being like mean, like, it, no. you know, he's not. He's being like a funny parody, not being like a cockhead, you know? Exactly. I think that despite this performance from Tompkins, I think the jury is still out. Uh, Power were, were fairly ordinary uh, in this game and... and the fours just rolled on through the whole game, which opened opened the field up for Tompkins and Johnson to run run a mark. Really, um, Tompkins had his best game for the club, and all credit to him. But um, you need to see that happening against a better quality opposition over a, a you know an extended period of time before I or say that he really belongs in the NRL. Brad Arthur's policy of resting Jared Hayne. Um, that fucking backfire. To say to say it was flawed would be a gross understatement. Um, I just don't think after two consecutive wooden spoons you're in any position to be resting your best player. Um, and on one thing, possibly, it's like you know, arguably the fucking best player in the world. You know, like yeah, on one count you're kind of like you know, things. like yeah, it's it's great to show you know, look, team remainder of the team outside of Jared Hayne. I'm showing great confidence in you. You guys are going great this season and I have great faith in you that you're going to do the job for us. And if you do, you know, the two points are expendable. I think it sends, you know, it's kind of like a real mixed message. I agree. But if Paul Gallen can play for the Sharks? Yeah, does he? Ever? Barely? <laughs> but he still turned around and backed up. Yes, he got hurt. Yeah. But... Um, and just on that too, you praise an Astor, tears his bicep. Talking about retirement, yeah. Paul Gallen tears his bicep. Back may not, one next may year. not, may not play. May not play for the rest of the season. What mo? Tears it off the bone. You got to fucking suspend him to get him off the field. <laughs> Men versus boys. That's why the table stands the way it does. <laughs> I think Warriors look like the momentum side of 2014. At this stage of the game, they're going to be the the club that comes home with a wet sail and. How many times do you reckon the over the last, well, over the history of the club, have they Fuck, been... They've made a couple this, of grand finals at, at out this, of it. At this time in the season, yep. they've been the momentum club. Yep. Even like 2011, they did it and, and made the grand final, but they've been the momentum club almost every year at this time of the year. Mm. And, you know, people talk about Canberra being that team. Um, Apart from like fucking 2010 or whenever it was. Yeah. Nothing. But, you know, you look at the Warriors' quality um, of player... Their roster's far more impressive than, than what the Raiders are. So um, if the Raiders do happen to turn around and make a run, I, I couldn't see them getting over the top of the Warriors. Yeah, and they're starting to get the, you know, they're, they're starting to get the, the Diamonds games, you know, the, the ratio of, of uh, rocks to Diamonds. They're starting to get it well in favour of the Diamonds at the moment. So they're going well. Twitter, the Ben Zed. After 48 nil flogging, Arthur makes Eels row home using their wooden spoons as oars. And uh, uh, what do we got here? Warriors suck balls. He's tweeted to Sam Tompkins. Undersized, overpaid, and no NRL experience fullback scores from a pushover scrum. Sucks for para. Hash, let's go on Warriors. And just on that as well, I thought the pushing in the scrubs was actually not ben. legal. Well, that's... So really, that, should have, been a, that should have been a refeed or, or even a penalty, right? To Parramatta. If... Excuse me. If Usually that, they just go refeed, don't they? The scrum collapses a bit and disperses yeah. and they go, okay, feed it in again. So I actually think that was an error. I think that was a refereeing error. 
But, um, you know, it looked good, and then you get, you know, then the old school fuckheads start piping up again, like Steve Morton, we're going, oh, we've got to go back to contested, contested scrums, and you're like... Jesus. Yeah, right. Yep, let's talk about it down to fucking TAB, old teabag. <laughs> Cruzy 6 it seems no Hara, no Hain, no Para, hash one-man band. Paraman, Mark Two. After the week of work I've had, it's just great to sit back, relax, and watch my team dish up a plate of go-fuck-yourself fans. <laughs> Given his line of work, I'm surprised he could sit down. DeLorean Gray. Warriors have had such a great first half performance that we're playing the second half in a commemorative jersey. (laughs) That's Uh, fucking close to the tweet of the week. Yeah. Shana86. If Arthur reckons he has the luxury to rest Hayne, might as well rest him next week too so he can research private villas in Bali. Uh, Unky D. Eels making the Warriors look like Manly and Tompkins like a first grade player. Is it a full moon? And Jake underscore Harper. You blokes, dead set, need to publicly apologise to Sam Tompkins. He's been building up to this. How do you respond to that, Glenn? <laughs> Fucking... They carved up para. Winners of two consecutive wooden spoons. The jury is still out, as I said. It doesn't It doesn't nullify the way that Ben Barber fucking manhandled him and held him off and palmed him off to go for that try the other week at all. He's done nothing for the... You know, this is the first time he's done something and he's done it against a side that was playing like every bit of the two-time reigning wooden spoon winners. So, you know, settle fuck down. Let's see him do it, you know, week in, week out and then maybe he'll get an apology, but probably not. Canary Bankstown Bulldogs, six defeated Melbourne Storm, four. Amy Park... This one, Storm's four points came and tried to Kevin Proctor. Cameron Smith can't kick. Canary Bounce Bulldog six came from try to Sam Cassiano and a conversion to Trent Hodkinson. I think nice test for the for the finals this game. It was, it was a huge grind and an arm wrestle for 80 minutes and both teams passed the test with flying colours. I think... Uh, Defensively. Sorry? Defensively, anyway. Sure, and, that, and that's what I mean at the end of the day. Um... As someone tweeted earlier, defence wins championships, and both these teams know that. Melbourne, year after year after year, people talk about the post-origin hangover for Melbourne. And when you look at the fact that they've had this really gripping contest straight after origin, and and the fact that Cooper Cronk is rested due to his injury. Yep. This has got to be their best opportunity to turn that sort of post-origin form over the past several years, turn it around. And they need to because they don't have the luxury of being on top of this exactly. table, you know. And yeah, the the fact that they're you know given um, over the last few seasons they've they've always been at the pointy end of the table, so they they can afford to lose a couple at this time of year and, and still be okay. Whereas this year they're in a vastly different position. Um, and dropping a couple of ga- games could mean they're in fucking 12th spot. So yep. um, they're just they're just a good footy side. The dogs they they seemed they're not flashy. They're not super exciting to watch, as this game was evidenced by. But they get results, and they they have players in their team that will do whatever it takes to get that result. And you know, for all the Anthony Milfords or you know, those individually brilliant stars. You look at what the dog, dogs are putting together with two really solid halves. Um, neither of them is super flashy or or um, full of flair, but they get the job done and it complements their forwards perfectly. So good win to the dogs. Okay, uh, Twitter, Jar TV. Bellamy CV now says, 
skilled Ben Roberts to a level where he didn't fuck up on every play. <laughs> M51 avoider said, "Accomplished." Uh, <clears throat> there's a two two tweet sequence from M51 avoider here, and he's got a good point. Remember when the storm try after the siren against the Dragons wasn't going to affect the ladder? Look now, they should be behind the hashtags in decline. But they're not. Yeah. Canberra Raiders 36 defeated the Gold Coast Titans 20 at Seabus. And uh, this one, the Raiders 36 came from tries to Brenko Lee, Jared Croker, Anthony Milford with a double, Sean Fenson and Josh McCrone with tries. Croker, five from six conversions and a penalty, defeating the Titans 20 with tries to James Roberts, Kevin Gorda. Gordon and a double to Khalifa Fifi Law. Uh, Kevin Gordon, two from four conversions. I think the Milford and Barber selection saga for next season with the Brisbane Broncos might have actually settled itself in one weekend, starting with this game. Um, Milford was untouchable the whole game and had some quality touches which led to tries or try assists. But just throughout the whole game, he was always backing up through the middle like a good halfback does. Um, always ready on those sweet plays, and he's. If he plays like that at Brisbane, there's no way that Barber will keep him out of the one spot, um, especially given how Bar- Barber performed. Yeah, but don't they want to put Mill? Don't, don't they want to put Milford in as like five eight? Well, and the type yes, of play, they do. The type of game he was playing in his game. I mean, I, I saw you know these amazing things that I think that um, the Broncos <laughs> would love in a five eighth role. For, for example, passing, um, passing the ball. They haven't had that in a couple of seasons. Uh, so, but, you know, I mean, if they put him in fullback, they put him in fullback. But, I, yeah, I, th- I think put him in halves at this stage. I mean, he, this game he played just like... seems to he me... Played like he's, he played like the legend of Milford is supposed to play like. Yeah, it just seems to me like he's not quite big enough for that role. Yeah, to, but, you know, he's not big enough for any role. Out of, you know, with the exception of under-20s. True. He's a small fucking dude. And he's not going to grow that much. So, you know, he's just a small guy. You know, Jeff Tooby, smallest dude ever. <laughs> but, you know. Albert Kelly came back in this game for the for the Titans, but uh, was clearly short of a run, and it showed. But he was uh, fairly admirable to get out there and try and help his teammates, given some of their injuries. And um, just on the Titans, some of their performances on the field are one thing, and their lack of sponsors is another. But... Do you remember when they won a bid to become an NRL side? Mm-hmm. And there had never been one for big crowds. Even in 2007, before they oh, went into Skilled, there was there was good crowds. Yeah, I, re- I remember going to see them at Skilled the first time they played Manly at Skilled, and yep. it was it was fucking packed. It was full. It was over 20,000. It was like, you know, up around 2325. 25. the other bids were if they, this was the squad that, you know can barely fucking scrape 10,000 real people together. Yeah, it, it felt like, the crowd felt like it did, you know, like when we went to watch the test match, you know, the All-Star game or that, that um, Anzac test match we watched that time where it was just fucking packed. Yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't so they used know. to get, they did used to get those crowds. They seem to be doing everything they can as the NRL is doing across the board with a lot of clubs to, to drag people in the gate, but, you know, cheap tickets, cheap family offers, all the rest of it, and the Titans probably put on more entertainment um, pre, pre, during, and post game than than any other club. So um, they're certainly doing all the right things, but I, I just don't know. The NRL's obviously pumped a bit of money into them. They'll be fairly resilient and patient with them, but you know, this they seem they've had the same coach for five years. Um, he brings an essence of mediocrity 
to the table, and I think you know the sooner the Titans change coach, the better. And you can go to uh, respecttheshooter.co to buy your um, Sack Cardi T-shirt. <laughs> Gold Coast fans haven't been as uh, sorry. Gold Coast Gold Coast fans they haven't really jumped on it as uh, as much as I mean. Like, no. As I said, I said that Mup, Mup couldn't sell Polynesian cock to you. You know, he's the worst <laughs> salesman ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> so get on it if you're a disgruntled Titans fan otherwise I'm going to pull the pin on it because like I've got no fucking personal connection to it like just doing, doing it as a favour to him up and, he, and he's doing a terrible job pushing him so get in there if you want it um, okay so you're finished on that one mm-hmm. so go Twitter and Mup speak of the devil Mup23 is that uh, either the Raiders are a great team and Jared Croker is a skillful genius or oh wait I get it hash sack Cardi <laughs> Chapo the creator. How slow must Dave Taylor be if Cat's hair can chase you down both with the knees of a sixty-year-old man? And that was, oh, I mean, that was great play by Cat's hair. He wasn't going to stop Dave Taylor, but he kind of got in there and grabbed his arm and made a nuisance of himself to the point where he had to offload and then turned and chased the guy he offloaded to and and you know was instrumentally in bringing him down it as well. Still looked like it was happening in slow motion though. Yeah, it was. I mean, like, let's. But if it was someone else, I mean, if it was Gordon or you know, they got the intercept or you know, they picked up the loose ball. Of course, he's going all the way, and you know, no one's going to come near him. Troy underscore seventy nine. Mixed feelings watching Milford carve up today. Hopefully, he suffers a torn ACL in round one next year. That's oh, a little bit. Wish, that's that's a little wish. bit. You don't wish injuries on people. Nismo Raiders. Could someone please print off the team song and deliver to the Canberra Raiders rooms? <laughs> Ash miracles happen. Next up, Newcastle Knights 31 defeated the Cronulla Sharks 18 down at the tip at Ramonda Stadium. And uh, this one, the the quintessential game of two halves. The Knights 31 points came from tries to Willie Mason, Kirk Gidley, Akawilu Iwate, Bo Scott and Jared Mullen. Kirk Gidley got herself a field goal and five from five conversions. It was a day out for uh, old Captain Fantastic, Razzle Dazzle. And uh, the Sharkies 18 tries to Jeff Robson, Michael Gordon, Sasai Feki. And Michael Gordon was three from three on the conversions. Yeah, impressive win from the Knights after a rough week. Um, the announcement that Bennett won't be coaching there. Um, some of the, the Darius Boyd furor flowed over into the Knights. <clears throat> and, um, they put together a pretty solid performance where they, they, you know, Newcastle were the ones that had to come from behind. And, and yep. they showed, you know, Good patience to, to work their way down the field off the back of Jared Mullins' kicking game. and um, As I said, just built pressure, were patient, and uh, you know, next thing you know, you've got Willie, Willie Mason crashing over. Um, they scored some some pretty good tries, but most of it was born out of you know the field position that they were building up and, and, um, and the weight of possession. I've got to say for the Sharkies, I like that new Brown. Yeah. Reminds me of James Brown. His his footwork. You just like I gotta get some my pants and I can't wait to dance. But there's raps on on the young hooker there, Leisha as well. I've watched his last few games and he he's not doing much for me. And this yeah. is a guy that the dogs have invested fairly heavily in to replace Ennis. Yeah. Um some of his service is fairly slow and, and his decision making as to when to run, when to pass, etc. I know he's only young, but He's going to come into a Bulldog side next year, which is, um, you know, at this stage, equal leader of the competition. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that they're going to be overly patient and wait for his development to come on. They're going to be expecting him to hit the ground running. So, yeah, um, yeah good win from Newcastle. I was, I was pretty impressed with their resilience to, to come in and, and, and get a result. 
terrible start, but I mean they they definitely pull themselves together. Sure. Uh, Jet Nightman, who uh, is you know formerly the man of a thousand names with Danny Danny Palmer, you know looked like the uh, NRL Knights will be throwing out a spoon at the tip. Great performance in the second half. Hash blue and red never dead. Haven't heard that one before. Mm. Jr underscore buff. There's a good reason for that, yeah. Nathan. Because J- crap. Jr underscore buff. The Knights just took a huge remondus on the Sharks' fairy tale run. Hash thirty one unanswered points. Bob Sap Tap sent this to the Sharks and copied us in. You just got crinolled, son, by a bunch of pensioners, Ash Spooners. Monday Night Footbitch, the Penrith Panthers 35 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 34 out at Sporting Bet, which is just never as funny. Now it's not center bet. You can't say center link. The Panthers 35 tries to Elijah Taylor, Matt Moylan, a double to Kevin Nagama, Dean Fare and Lewis Brown with tries as well. Matt Moylan got a field goal. Jamie Soward, five from six conversions. And the Broncos, 34, came from tries to Dale Copley, Justin Hodges, Jake Granville, Jack Reed, Daniel Vito, Corey Oates, and Corey Parker, five from six conversions. Good performance from both teams in attack. They, you know, 34 points each, plus a field goal for Penrith is, is a testament to, to some of their attack. But I think it glossed over just how bad Brisbane were in those opening exchanges. They went down 12-0 um, after... Eight minutes or so. Yeah. And Brisbane were good enough, to their credit, to come back and, and take the lead, 18-12, and Penrith kicked again. Um, only for Brisbane to come back at them and... I mean, Penrith got out to a, you know, what appeared to be match-winning yeah. leads, like 34-18 to 18 or something. That's it, with not very long to go, and then Brisbane came home with a wet sail. I mean, Panthers were running out of troops at that point. Yeah. Then, you know, say what you want about um, how heroic you might have thought they were or not, but... Um, you know, Penrith had to play with some serious personnel down. So the Broncos had their chances, um, but a couple of key injuries in the in the clutch, really, uh, when the game was on the line, it came down to uh, Josh McGuire and Justin Hudges, and they both both dropped the ball fairly in fairly ordinary circumstances. So it's um it's looking like with the injury to Wallace, I don't know how long he's out for. Yeah. I don't know either. I thought he was a chance of maybe, you know, getting an injection or something and coming back. Yeah. I, so I, I even thought he was a chance for the last far, game, yeah. I mean, but then they called it off, so... Yeah, I think the Broncos' errors when the game was on the line are probably testament to the type of side they are these days. Very, very different club to what they've built and the culture they've instilled in the place over a long period of time. Um, you know, just some of the errors were... just literally cost them the, the chance of victory. Um, ben Hunt was good enough to drag them back into into the winner's circle, and then Penrith kicked again with a field goal. So, um, just concerned Penrith probably relying too much on Jamie Sow to, to get their result. His, I don't know, his leadership qualities have left a bit to be desired in the future, in, in the past, rather. And, um, you know, he's, he's only had one season there, and you'd think that they'd give him every opportunity to uh, make sure that he's not going to go down that same path that he went when he was at East yep. and, and you know, get that psychological battering. Um, I think that ultimately spelled his demise at the Dragons and uh, you'd hate to see it, you know, have a, a huge impact on him at his new club. So I think they're just relying on him too much to get their season 
finished in style and, and they probably need to share the love around. Um, but I guess Moylan's probably the only super creative guy that's going to be left available for selection at the moment. Yep. And interesting, we'll get into the previews, but there's some interesting selections ahead this week sure. for the uh, Panthers. Okay, uh, Twitter. Uh, and of course, as we mentioned in the news, you know, the tragic halftime injury to old Shanta. The Ben Zed. Penrith 35-34 victory described as absorbing by injured fan Shutter 86. And he's copied um, City Morning Herald Sporting on that one. Sammy Boy 1986. The best thing about those sour touchline conversions is we got a shot of a Penrith cheerleader's tits each time. Hash, simply the breast. Small pleasures. Mad dog underscore no space. I have a broken heart. Shanta 86 has a broken leg. I'm embarrassed by my team. Ninja has fame and glory. Hash, pray for Shanta. I'm Tim McIntyre. Underscore. I thought the Broncos were so brave with their three origin stars backing up. <laughs> and the same to Panthers. I wait Ronnie Palmer. Jar TV. Did you see the, the photo of Ronnie Palmer <laughs> after we... the game with his dick stickers on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck, I must I have been cold, I... Ronnie. Wish I didn't. Uh, Jar TV. We are a team of destiny. We are the name whispered by Western Winds. We are the jersey of choice at Centrelink. And uh, Mickey T, 1985. Penrith. So brave. So brave. So brave. <laughs> So brave. Shut up, Perm. Peachy, Mansour, Ninja, all gone. So brave. Hash, pray for Ninja. Chapo, the creator. The result of the Panthers versus Broncos match doesn't matter since fellow Twill bro Shunner 86 is down injured. Hash, pray for Shunner. Exactly. Previews and kick off of full round, back to full rounds of action, so that's a good thing to see. Rise uh, for Alex round. Rise for Alex round, of course, and uh, all the grounds will be selling the Rise for Alex wristbands, with the proceeds obviously going to uh, Alex McKinnon and the, you know, the foundation, obviously Rise for Alex. And uh, there's other stuff going on as well, like, you know, um, teams putting like a dollar towards the NRL, putting like a dollar for, you know, people through the gates, each person through the gates, things going towards it, and... Um, you can buy the you can buy the wristbands online as well for two dollars and and now they're shipping them free because I remember last week they were shipping and it was like nine dollars something shipping and I was tweeting someone else about it and we were copying the NRL in and I was like hang on a minute I can send fucking t-shirts for like seven dollars twenty and I'm not selling them in any kind anything like the bulk that they'd be selling these wristbands in so you know come on and then it's now they're free so that's good so it's good call good so result. it's good for the NRL to actually do that because these things they wouldn't cost fuck all to send anyway um, the first game. Cronulla Southern Sharks versus North Queensland Cowboys at the tip. Ramondas, Friday Night Football. Sharkies took a little bit of a hit after a couple of solid wins. Um, lost to the Knights would have sapped their confidence a little bit. Still at home, though. Just not sure this game's worthy of a Friday night slot, but Cowboys away from home. I'm probably inclined to tip the Sharks, to be honest. I can't tip the Sharks. You can't? No, you just can't. I mean, you put, I guess Gallon out too. If the Cowboys are up by 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 thirteen plus points in the first half, then I'd probably go. You know, maybe go Cowboys Sharks halftime full time <laughs> speculative bet. But uh, I mean, the Cowboys they've got to start going. They got to go. You know now. Fuck the Cowboys! It, I don't want to see them go because I don't want to see them go. But I mean, they've, they've got, got to. cockhead supporters like Arpopsh. Yeah, true. And tip the Sharks only because I think Arpopsh is a cock. Parramatta Eels versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. Pertec, also Friday Night Football. Jared Haynes back at one. Changes the dynamic of the Eels side uh, a great deal. Big Ford. in for the Rabbits, though, too. Inglis. Lottie Takiri. 
Oh, huge. <laughs> that is huge. Uh, that's enough to make me want to tip South. Yeah. But Pertec Stadium or Para Stadium as, as it's commonly known. They're trying to turn into somewhat of a fortress this season. Yeah. It's just a big turnaround from last week. I mean, they're stung. They would have been stung last week, and that's often a, a a catalyst for teams to come out with a really good performance the week after. Yeah. And Jared Hayne does bring a lot of confidence um, to the sword. Yeah. The way he plays and, and the status that he holds amongst the group. I'm going to tip the Eels. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, South are another team. They're going okay. Yeah. They need to start picking it up as well if they want to be anything like the team they were last year and the year before. So, another real contender. So, they had a diabolical performance in their last outing against the Gold Coast Titans of all teams. So, you know, coming off a bye, I just don't know. This is hard. I mean, I'm inclined to go to South. So, we're, we're actually going opposite with each other the first two games. Yeah. The Roosters... Versus the Penrith Panthers, the Roosters have become the West Tigers of uh, of late in, in terms of being the team that's the dead fucking last to release their team list and absolutely paying the ball. So as a result of that, I don't have their list in front of me at the time when I was putting these notes together. However, I do have the Penrith Panthers list, and uh, there's a couple of obviously injury-forced changes. But, uh, DWZ. DWZ fullback. in fullback, which is great. Because Matt Moylan at 5'8 as well. DWZ's been rotting away on my bench in Supercoach, and I've been waiting for him to get that one more game under his belt so I can cash in the three games, you know, played. Uh, yeah. Mansour, then you look at the halves. Matt Moylan in the halves, where the Penrith nerds speculated or, you know, wished he would end up ultimately. And so he's in there with Soward. And Soward himself. Talk to Josh Mansour might be ruled out prior to kickoff, but... Um, I saw Gus himself tweet something like, uh, look, he pulled up much better than expected. So, you know, we're going to give him to the last minute kind of thing, but I would expect him... I wouldn't expect him, but I would be prepared for him not to be playing. The Roosters... The Roosters have been inconsistent, and... Tupo out for... Is he out for a season or is he out for yeah, like six weeks or something? Yeah, some injuries like? yeah. starting to hit them as well. And I've got, a, I've got a feeling about the Panthers, but I don't know if I'm just doing it for Shanta. <laughs> You're hoping they're going to rise for Shanta. Yeah, and, and their nerd prodigies, DWZ and, and Moylan at 5'8", I think, I think they can do it, um, and I think they will do it just in a really tight game. Although, it, that one is one that could definitely come back with egg on my face. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the Roosters are going well enough to take care of the Panthers. But, you know, it'll be a good chance for the Panthers to see how they go against good teams as well, you know, because they've had a fairly fairly blessed run so far. And so, you know, we'll see how they go against uh, proper teams. I mean, you know, East aren't <clears throat> right at the top. But they're one of those teams that are going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Panthers are going to have to find a way to beat them if they want to go any further. Next, Melbourne Storm take on the Canberra Raiders. Amy Park, Saturday afternoon. Melbourne by how many? It says Westpac Stadium. Yeah, I've got Amy Park here, but maybe it isn't. Well, what's, what's Westpac Stadium? Not Amy Park. No, well, Amy Park's still Amy Park, right? Yeah, as far as I'm aware. What the fuck is Westpac Stadium, then? Fuck. Unless we're way off off the boil, and maybe it is called Westpac Stadium. Not that I'm aware of, though. No, I'm aware of either. Um, how bizarre. I just... I'm just looking at the NRL site. Yeah, weird. 
I think the again, I think this is where the, the where the storm really puts it into play. Just how uh, how much the rest for, for Cooper Cronk has paid off, and I think they'll handle the Raiders fairly easily. Yep, I think a slaughter the Raiders. Uh, you know, they had the loss last week, but their defence was sound. Yep. I mean, it was a very tough game. You know, whether there's any after effects from the tough game, come back to bite them, not sure. But, uh, you know, they should be able to shut down anything that the Raiders throw at them and uh, throw on a few points of their own. Uh, is this a debut for uh, Cora Betty in first race of the Storm? Yeah, I think so. Mid-season transfer. And with the injury to Nofaluma, I mean, you know, he would have been fucking handy to have around the West Tigers club still, wouldn't he? Yes, Nathan, he probably would. <laughs> so, yeah, Storm by a million. Brisbane Broncos take on the New Zealand Warriors. Suncorp. Saturday night. We'll be in attendance. Um, Warriors away from home. Certainly better last week than, than Brisbane were. I'm going to tip the Warriors. Warriors, remember, traditionally, they go okay too. They're well supported, I'll give them that. And they they're can, a club, and, and much like St. George, um, and there's a couple others where... Um, remember, yeah, were you just going to mention that game down the Gold Coast? No, I was going to mention... Where we were with, with the Kiwi chant. We felt like we were in fucking... Oh, that was that was a test down, match there. That was, downtown that was, that Dunedin. Was, no, I was going to mention that um, the, the Broncos versus Warriors at Suncorp was the Let's Go On Warriors <laughs> debut of the poster. That, that was that's where it came from. Pissing on the field. Yes. Um, ben Barber, at fullback, just worries me. I think Sean Johnson might... Uh, might pepper him with bombs all night and he'll make a few errors. Um, ben Barber in first grade worries me. Definitely, definitely capitalise on those and score points. So the Warriors narrowly. He doesn't worry me actually because he's playing for the Broncos so he actually delights me. The fullback. <laughs> but yeah, look, um, you know, the Broncos aren't going so bad. Short turnaround. I mean, it's a Monday night thing. Just, you know, the Warriors tend to go okay in Brisbane. Maybe it's because they're well supported but they've just, even since their inception, they've tend to, you know, you know, make a close game or, you know, get the upset win over the Broncos. This is even the Broncos were in their peak. Sure. So, look, I think they're going well enough at the moment. They're the team with the uh, momentum uh, out of these two. And so I'm, I'm happy to tip the Warriors as well. Sunday, 2 p.m., Newcastle Knights take on Gold Coast Titans at Hunter Stadium. Really, I mean... Based on last up starts, you'd have to say the Knights, wouldn't you? Knights by a million. Um, you know, I, I find it hard to, to, to recommend... Titans for anything really? I don't think the Titans could lose in rise for Alex Round. Well, yeah, that's the other thing too. I mean, yeah, the Knights, I mean, they're definitely going to be up for that, aren't they? They failed, to, they failed to mention as well, um, back earlier with the Cowboys game, the uh, Jonathan Thurston is going to be wearing uh, jersey number 16 this nice, week. Nice gesture. As a, yeah, a bit of a gesture there. So, uh, no number seven there for the Cowboys. Uh, where were we? Yeah, Newcastle, nice boy. You know, by plenty. They're at home. It's not the fortress it used to be back in the day, but the Titans aren't really a travelling team. You know, they've got a bit of the cameras about them when it comes to travel and the Cowboys when it comes to travelling. Sure. And uh, you know, they're just gone so far off the ball at the ball at the moment. I just can't see how they can find a way to win. West Tigers take on the Canterbury at Bankstown Bulldogs. This one. Sunday, three PM, ANZ Stadium. Huge game. And at I'm least in. it's not Friday night and spoils my whole weekend. Um, wow, normally you say the West Tigers are going to win more 13 plus every time. Are you conceding defeat on this occasion? No, no. I, if they lose and it's a Friday night, it makes for a pretty shitty weekend. Um, one thing's for sure, given their last up starts, the Tigers are going to have to be way, way better than what they were last week if they're even a hope of competing with the Dogs. So, for the right side's bench to do the job. Um, 
Leah moves to wing. Uh, Simona comes into the centres. Chris Loris. Lawrence is the other centre, and, and Pat Richards is. Um, is he definitely been named in the side? Yeah. I think he's still touch and go. So, um, whereas the Bulldogs, Bulldogs backline, I think the Tigers have the, the ascendancy there. Uh, it's up to Woodsy and Galloway to, and then Tapia, James Gave and 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 see Manifanai when they come off the bench to to really stick it to these forwards and and lay a good platform to, for Brooks to work with. Um, and I'm hoping Mitchell Moses gets a try as well. He's he's, he's owed one, and um, I hope that uh, his his combination with Brooksy um, doesn't overplay Brooks's hand. He's he's a good runner of the ball, and um, and a good defender as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing seeing uh, Luke Brooks's improvement as the season goes on, but especially in this game. Dogs have got him covered as far as defence is concerned. I can't see the Tigers scoring a hell of a lot of points. I can see the dog. I mean, the the best chance that the Tigers have is if their forwards stand up. I don't think their forwards are going to stand up against these guys. They're going to get smashed. And you said that you think the Tigers have the ascendancy as far as you know comparing back lines with each other. Josh Morris is better than fucking everybody in the back line for the West <laughs> Tigers. Tim Lafigo is okay. Kristen Inu, when he gets his first grade chances, fucking kills it. And I mean, the only downside for the uh, for the doggies is you know the lack of um, Josh Reynolds. And, oh, the, <coughs> and the emblem they got on their jersey, and the emblem, and, and their cunt coach. But <laughs> other than that, be that as it may, delight. thirteen plus. And Monday night foot bitch, St George Illawarra Dragons take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, and Jubilee. Monday night looks like date nights off this week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't see the Dragons winning. I think Look, the, the Sea Eagles will be far too strong, and and. Yeah, they've just got too much firepower. St. George Dragons are a, a side with forwards that aren't the ones that are going to roll down through the middle over, yeah. over Manly. Uh, and the only one that they have that would have a chance of doing so, Trent Merrin, is not going to be there. So, so with, they've got no hope of getting any real thrust for other forwards. So uh, that's another reason why I think Manly will carve. Yeah, I mean, Dugan's always going to be a threat, as he is. You know, Beal goes okay. Nightingale, you know, he's great. Widdop's got some creativity to him. You know, Benji, he's getting better. You know, he's he's not embarrassing <laughs> himself. So he's you know he's going okay. But I mean, the manly side, welcome back, Watmo, with the suspension of of Justin Horro, which I didn't mention back in the game report. Fucking horrible suspension. Fucking terrible decision by the referees. Crush and tackle in every purely, sense of the word. Purely accidental. I mean, he just he's picked up the cut and dumped him. Yeah, you know, which he deserved too, from what reports, he's a mouthy little prick. But um, he <laughs> p- picked him up and dumped him. And it just happened to land in that way. I mean, you see when the Storm, you know, the Pioneers, the Crusher, when they would implement it, they'd catch the guy in the tackle. And it wasn't like, you know, pick up and dump thing. They'd catch the guy turning around and lean in and apply that pressure as the guy was going to ground. Whereas this is just, you know, just happened to you know, happen to fall into it that way. So, I mean, and, you know, someone got one week for a Crusher, a proper Crusher, earlier in the season. I can't remember who it was. Fucking inconsistent. You've got a bit of manly tax on him there, Justin Horry. But the the upside for that is... Tom Simon starts, and he's been killing it lately in his appearances off the bench. Um, you would you would suspect that Horro may make way with the form of Bureau as well. You think he may make way even when Glenn, Glenn Stewart returns as well. Um, but yeah, the side's looking good, starting to look stable. George is back, Chalk's back, just waiting on Gifty, and uh, full strength for the uh, assault on the title. And uh, you know we don't go so great down to Jubilee historically. 
Yeah, it I is th- a tough place to win at times. I just, I think we've got a fairly good chance this time. Yeah, quietly confident. I, I think you're approaching full strength, and that's way too much for the Dragons to handle. Yeah, Cherry. I mean, when I see Cherry Evans and, and Foran named in you've, the side. You've gone on about this game long enough, Nathan. Jeez, and you get to talk about all this fucking West. You get to talk nonsense for fucking minutes on end about this game where you're going to get fucking pumped by twenty plus, and yet I can't talk about the game where we're going to win by twenty plus. No, fucking settle down. <laughs> That's full time of episode 163. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League and uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share our posts. We're getting a lot of love, so you know, you're going to grow on Facebook. Keep it up. Are you doing our donation for Rise for Alex this week, too? Yes, yes, so we'll actually be doing it. You know, it basically takes a little bit of time for, the, for PayPal to transfer money out to the bank account, so it takes a couple of business days. So when that happens, as we promised, uh, we're doing five percent, not of our gross, not of our net. Sorry, this is five percent of the gross yep. from memberships. Yep. So it should be a couple hundred bucks going over to. Uh, I don't. What's it? It's just it's like hash rice for Alex. It's called. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's like rice for Alex. Yeah, it's rice for Alex. Org. Au. The actual URL. Yep. What's it called? Is it called like the Alex McKinnon Foundation, or is it actually called like just rice for Alex or something? I'm not sure. Yeah. Sorry. Whatever it is. Now that actually the rounds come up and they've got a website where you can make donations and you can choose, I had a look at the website today, you can choose to make, you know, they give you the option of, you know, like five, ten, twenty-five dollars and you can choose to make it like a monthly donation or a once-off thing. And uh, obviously we'll be hitting that other button and putting a couple hundred bucks through for him. Thank you to, you know, the, the members. And so if you uh, want to contribute, I guess, a way to contribute directly to Rice for Alex, I mean, join up as a member. Take uh, one of the last, you know, 18 to 20 packs that we've got left take one of those off our hand and uh, you'll you know portion of that will be making its way straight to Alex McKinnon uh, iTunes we've got a review this week from someone by the name of Sharky93 awesome pod five stars currently on holiday in New York City they have FPOS machines in brackets <laughs> it's good to have a little dose of home to listen to whilst walking the streets of New York the only time I've heard someone drop a C-bomb over here is while listening to the podcast <laughs> can always count on you guys to deliver insightful and hilarious opinions and information on the world of rugby league. I've been listening since halfway through season one. Jesus. And that's fucking old school. And, uh, and I've noticed that you guys have been starting to voice your opinions on the more poignant issues in league on a consistent basis, which is great. Perfect mix of humor, insight. Cheers, fellas. Keep up the good work. If you're on uh, Facebook or, or Twitter, review, yourself, review yourself, sir, because people who've been on board since the you know first season, that's some old school shit. You go fucking back, man. So, tipping. We have a new leader in the competition. Whitey, on 87 points, has taken the lead. David Kingston, 86 points in second. Our former leader for weeks and weeks, pretty much from the start of the, start of the year. Shane Aaron Elvis, 86 as well, one point off the lead. Tigers, 12.0 on 86. Uh, Life of Tyre on 85. Desi's Ducks on 85. Voodoo Rock on 85. The defending champion, two points off the top now. Blue underscore Beaver on 85. CA Photo on 85. And GT John on 85. It's good to see a lot of the Twitter guys on there. Yeah. You know, um, updates. That's good. Fantasy. The Wendells maintain their lead. And uh, where are they going? They've actually got a good lead now. Over 500 points. Too much Tuna in second. NZ underscore Magpie 54 with a big uh, a big uh, lift. This uh, he was, I think he was sort of mid to, you know, lower lower top 10. Mighty Doggies. Mischief. Sarcastic Pricks. Sticky Fingers. Fergo. Dingbats. Seagulls. Assassins. And Toto's Terrors make up the 10. And finally... 
Shot, we're clearing out the Revelation shirts, Tigers and Client shirts. Who said they wouldn't be fucking relevant this year? They're still coming. And uh, and also, uh, still, you've got uh, New South Wales one-in-a-row shirts available from respecttheshooter.co in sizes from medium to 4XL in varying quantities. And uh, yeah, there's only a couple in each size, though, so get in quick if you want them. And they're going to be going out. Get your order in quick because they're probably going to be shipping within the next week, I would say. So, um, yeah, do it. There's no guarantee there's going to be a second run. Um also, I think that's about it. Oh, no, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about. Got a tweet through from uh, Beer Boy, if you remember, um, he's like Beer Boy 182 mm-hmm. on, uh, on Twitter. He's, uh, he sent us a, uh, a tweet um, about Michael Gordon's goal kicking in the Cronulla comebacks, particularly oh, yeah. the Brisbane game. Did you see this? Yeah. So he said that, um, I hadn't heard this story about the dead moths before, but he sort of types it out. So he said, apparently when Flash went to kick his first kick against Brisbane a fortnight ago, there was a dead moth near the kicking tee distracting him. So he put the tee on top of it and kicked it from the sideline. Boom, nails it. Next time he kicks, he sees the same dead moth again, thinks why not, and puts the tee back on top of it and nails it again. So for the rest of the game, he keeps the moth and keeps putting it under the tee, never missed a shot all night. So I want to know if he'd kept the lucky moth for his 5-5 five five against the Chooks last Saturday and 3-3 three from three against the Knights. I reckon it's been up his sock. Well, he would, would have to have done something with it during the Brisbane game, wouldn't he? Yeah, and so does he, does, did he keep it and take it down for the one the next comeback? And, you know, he's, he hasn't missed a kick in a couple of weeks now. I mean, to be fair, I mean, he doesn't miss often. He's one of the more accurate kickers in the competition, I would say. But uh, interesting. That's interesting. Well, it's quite hard to believe he's relying on a dead moth to to kick his goals. No, but you know, guys, you know, it's Kristen Inu's got his little smiley thing, yeah, and Jamie Sauer's got his yeah. fucking moronic little jig. You know, they've, <laughs> yeah, guys got their thing. Mark Riddell had his, you know, his, his Hitler thing, yeah, you know, which was more of a balance issue to correct uh, an imbalance which made him miss. But you know, kickers have their thing. Pat Richards just stands up and delivers. They don't need a thing, except when he leaves the field very early. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can see the writing on the wall. Yeah, possibly. Probably like, I'm not going to get any fucking shots of goal anyway. And there's only so many times where, you know, yeah, I get to kick off a lot. I mean, I could try some of my creative fucking wobbly bomb kickoffs, you know, at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows I can do those. <laughs> anyway, Glenn's very, very tired. So oh, we've got to pack him off and get him out of here real quick before uh, he basically falls asleep in, in my house, which I, I find frankly fell unacceptable. I standing up there just a second ago because my legs are starting to feel all funny because I'm... You are, he, he's, and he is for people who obviously no one can see but he is actually standing up and shaking his legs out he's that fucking tired he has to stand up to keep himself awake yeah. so that's all we got time for this week see you next week see you next week Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.